Oh, it's the cursed episode. That's right, here in the particularly spooky month of January. Anyway, so <laughs> you're probably wondering why this is called the cursed episode. I referred to it as that in the last episode. Uh, it's what we're most likely going to be calling it uh, on the social media and everything and the episode title. And fair question, it's more of a shorthand really, because the more accurate term for it would probably be the episode that wasn't meant to be because it wasn't uh the what happened was that, full disclosure this was recorded quite a while back and uh, this was when i was thinking of ideas for the show particularly like the the timed rounds uh, round focuses things like that i wanted to add a little more just a little bit more sort of tightening to the format and i wanted to test it out so i just got on the recording i invited a few people on who you'll hear in the episode and I wanted to do kind of a drive run with these new rules that I had in mind I thought to myself uh, I wasn't gonna record it and then I thought well, maybe I should just because it'd be good to not to jump the gun but it, it might be good to have some bonus footage in the future if, if we get a patreon or something like that it'd be good at the very least it might be good for a special something for the future and interestingly enough the other people some of the other people on the if not all of the other people uh, on the episode also said like it it would be worth recording uh just because at the very least i might get some really good footage out of it that i'd be kicking myself for if i didn't record it and that absolutely you'll hear that when you hear the episode you will agree that is absolutely the case so yeah we all thought you know what let's just record it see what happens and i think it's very important to give you that context because it's not got the performance really in mind so there's there's a few things i'm not really doing i'm not like keeping track of scores or I'm not very mindful of transitioning to who won each round and moving between rounds things like that quite loosey-goosey even for a, a game that as you might be already be aware of it's not exactly stringent on rules as it is so it might read a little more like a highlights package something like that we'll see how the edit turns out I mean, you also called it a cursed episode because this goes to some fucking places. But I'll leave that for when you're listening to it. I will not spoil anything here, don't you worry. I also want to, before we get to the episode, I want to mention that we now have official theme music, which you'll hear in a few moments. Thank you very much to the extremely talented composer, Reese Lawrence. You can find more of his works on reeselawrence.net. That's R-E-E-C-E-L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E.net. I love it. I, I think his work is outstanding. I'm honestly, it's very just mind blowing to me that one person can can do all that on their own. He does like uh, orchestral pieces, and really impressive work. So thank you very much, Reese. Thank you everyone else for your very kind words and your listenership. Let's not waste any more time and get to this cursed motherfucking episode. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> So yeah, so the first round is video games and the goal will be you have to make it artsy enough to win an award. Ooh. An award. An award. It does no specific award, just a <laughs> award. No. As far as the like if we were doing this for real, I would have some uh, some dialogue with the producer saying, "Oh, mm. well, you know, it's always good to have a game with an award under your belt so you can show that off and get more mm. investors and shit mm-hmm. like that." So as far as you're concerned, He's le- he's left out that it, sh- it needs to be a video game award. If you want to interpret it that way, that's perfectly fine with me. So what is it? Is it it's got to be good enough to win an award? That's the pitch, or oh yeah, no, artsy enough. Sorry, enough. Make it artsy enough. 
Yeah, oh, he's heard that. about Journey and Abzu and all these games. I can be as unhinged as I want. <laughs> yeah, no. Right, okay, so we'll mm-hmm. start with Hayley. Mm-hmm. Hayley, mm-hmm. your prompts are yeah. opposite personalities stuck together, podcasts, yeah. oh, fuck. Okay. and a happy talking T-Rex. Uh, okay. You got all that, Hayley? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay. Three, two, one, go. So what I'm pitching today is a video game that is in uh, follows the sort of footsteps of a lot of games that uh, go in the sort of simulator genre. So you've now got things like uh, YouTuber simulator, Twitch simulator, video game, uh, like you've got um, Game Tycoon, things like that. Uh, I think Podcast Simulator is the next one because everyone's got a podcast, as included. <laughs> um, so I think having a podcast simulator would be a great start. And what works quite well in podcasts is two people with opposing personalities. Now, they're not complete opposites, but they are opposite enough that they are a good complement to one another. So I'm thinking you've got two main characters that are your podcasters, and you've got one who's like the very straight man, very serious about everything, never really laughs, very like Rich Diwadi type, um, like very de- dry in all the delivery. And then you've got somebody opposite that that's like the funny man character that's that's always kind of goofing around. I can't think of a person that that could be at this time. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because you, you can play as them. It's not got to be celebrities. Uh, and then what happens is they start a podcast together and they form kind of an empire and then they actually start to hate each other and they can't break it apart because they're financially dependent on this podcast and you have to sort of keep each of their bars of like sort of like the sims where you have to keep them happy enough to keep making the podcast but gradually dig at each other and make shitty little things to annoy each other because they don't like each other and i think the uh logo of the or like the the premise behind the podcast is it's a podcast about dinosaurs so they've got a little t-rex mascot obviously it's it's only a logo because it can't you know um it's a podcast not a video um and i think that that will be the little mascot that will help you through the game he'll give you little pointers at the bottom of like here's what to do next like make this person knock over this other person's drink um and i think to make it like a very visually appealing game i think we do it in like the art style of picasso so it's very abstract looking um and basically you just have to make the characters uh, happy enough that they'll keep making the podcast and you have to monitor their happiness their food their money uh, all that sort of stuff, keep it all ticking over, but you also, you can play it two-player and you have to try and maybe, if you've got a two-player version, they can have little jabs at each other to see who, whoever wins is the person that's annoyed the other person more <laughs> by the end of the game. Um, and yeah, that's my that's my pitch for that uh, game podcast you have, empire. You have, you have 40 seconds left. Um... <laughs> No, I think I think that's okay. I think that's all I've. I think I've, I've, it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, my favorite thing about that was how you were given a podcast prompt mm-hmm. and a talking T Rex prompt, and then proceeded to not make the T Rex one of those. No. You were specifically no. <laughs> given a talking one, and when I know he can talk, but he's not <laughs> going to appear on this talking only medium. Well, it's a simulator game, so I figured like it's got to be based in some reality of two actual people, so that the player can imagine they're them. Right. You know. How is that? <laughs> like a simulator could be anything. Yeah, but it's podcast simulator as as per real, you know, following in the footsteps of YouTube simulator. I think it's like VTuber, I think they call it, or something like that, or like streamer simulator. You've got to base it in reality, know. so it's got to be two. Because I think those are real games as well. I think VTuber definitely and. Um, Yes, it's got to be two people that uh, you could imagine being either of them or listening to them do podcasts and things like that. Okay, so uh, you know the game uh, SimCity? 
Sim stands mm. is short for simulator. Mm. Um, you would agree that that is a city building simulator, yes? Yeah. Okay. So grounded in reality, and yet it allows you to have Bowser attack the city. Does it? Yes. Oh, I don't know. I've not actually played SimCity. <laughs> okay. All I'm saying is, you see my point. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Doesn't have to be completely realistic. <laughs> and like, no. again, it's just the fact that you were given specifically a talking to your ex and when I'm not going to you're going to have him be clippy the little Microsoft <laughs> yeah. thing yeah he's the mascot of, of the game because he's the mascot of the podcast but he's also the mascot of the game who teaches you through this tutorial and stuff so, yeah and the reason it's a t-rex is because it's a podcast about dinosaurs uh-huh yeah okay so why did they start hating each other uh just spent too much time together it's like a lot of celebrity like double x that have like gotten really big together and now they can't no one wants to hire them separately and they're sort of just spent too much time together and just sick of each other because they can't be taken seriously on their own no one ever wants to you know so it's not like they specifically have done anything wrong to one another but it's just overexposure and uh familiarity I guess, I guess... contempt yeah, and I guess it's that, um, what's it like, that resentment that you're not taken seriously as like an entertainer on your own, you only come as a pair. Oh, I see, right, okay. Yeah. Um, the Anton Deck dilemma, probably. Yeah, well, like, um, the, one that, the one that came to mind is that um, when uh, they were talking about, I think it was Noel Fielding and Julian Barrett, they were uh, asked in an interview, what do people normally like quote at you or shout at you in the street? And um, I think Noel listed like a quote from the bush, and Julian just said, people just ask me where Noel is. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what, like, <laughs> that's exactly what I mean. Like, now they do do stuff on their own, but yeah, like initially, everyone was just like, "When's the bush getting back together?" kind of thing. Right. Okay. So. Um, okay. Now you mentioned Richard Ayoade for the straight man character. Uh, mm. I know you were just like saying, giving an example. Yeah, but not I do want an example. Cast. I do want an example of who you see as the the funny man character. Mm. I'm trying to think who Richard Ayoade would have the most contempt for, and immediately all I can think of is probably James Corden. Fucking hell, that's exactly what. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> like just non-stop being irritating to <laughs> to Richard Ayoade. Okay. Just those two kind of opposing personalities would work, I think. Two opposing forces, yeah, and they both like dinosaurs. Mm. Uh, before I uh, before I open the floor here, I just want one favor off you, uh, Haley. Mm-hmm. I want an, a sample, if you like. Of what the talking T Rex sounds like to you. Oh, I figured so let, he'd have. Say, um, I figured he'd just let's... have the Animal Crossing sound, you know, like. <laughs> okay, no, I don't want that. What oh, I want okay. is. Uh... <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> what I want is uh, I'm going to give you a line for the T Rex uh-huh. to read, and I want you to read it out in the voice that he would say, and they would say it in. But that's uh, the choice. No, no, it's not. The. Uh... It is no. No, no, no. The um. The line that I wanted to say is uh, press A to what we're going to call the host. Let's let's go with like Bill and Greg. So mm. uh, I want the I want the T Rex to say press X to piss in Greg's cup of coffee. <laughs> Legit though, that's the only voice I've thought about for it. I just keep thinking of it as an Animal Crossing character that's just like. I can't okay, think well, of can it. Least, I haven't planned. Can you try voice. and do that line? Can you try and do that line in that voice? In that, well, yeah, so was it press X to what? Piss in Greg's coffee? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it doesn't sound like anything. <laughs> okay, thank you. Well, does anyone else have anything to, to offer this? Well, that was one of my questions. Like, you meant, because you mentioned it's a talking T Rex. Mm. And one of my questions was going to be is it actually going to talk or is it going to be like, 
like a sort of banjo kazooie where it just makes noises to interact so you've, you've yeah it's kind of like a like a lot of those kind of style um games with simulators like that and things like that where you've got businesses or something some sort of entertainment business right. a lot of the time it's always text-based so i would imagine it's text-based with that sound effect yeah but i mean if you really okay. had to if realistic you had to pick a voice who would you choose what like to voice it yeah David Beckham, because he's got a high-pitched voice. And I can't stop saying... <laughs> I can't stop saying Pepsi to myself around the house every time I've Sorry, seen him on I'm TV. Gonna, I'm just going to pause a second. Uh-huh. Can you give us another line read of, of David Beckham, like, as exactly how you said it, please? No, absolutely not. I, I, I want it clean. I want it clean because I interrupted you. Uh, what, you're re-recording it again now? Or? Yeah, yeah. What, so you want me to do what? Just say, say that... David Beckham to where you did, oh. <laughs> please. Okay. Uh, David Beckham. I don't know if I could quite Thank capture you. the same, <laughs> the same no, uncertainty which I delivered out. it. <laughs> I can. Well, now, uh, this does bring up an, uh, another interesting point. Lizzie, you mentioned Banjo-Kazooie. Um, could you say the line that I said earlier, but in a banjo voice, please? Who, me or Haley? Lizzie. Me? I want you to do it because you brought it up, yeah. Ugh. Do I have to? I don't even know yeah, what they sound do. like. Well, they sound like... <laughs> okay, I'll I'll try. Uh, this is going to sound bad, by the way. I've I've warned yeah, you. It can band. be any, it can be any banjo character. It's not just banjo. Well, I can't name any of them apart from banjo and kazooie. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but I know they all sound like <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Except not like that. That was very good. There is a not specific like there's a specific pterodactyl character that I can't name but I have in mind. I know a bit like mean, um, yeah. Jerry Lawler when he laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> I, I, I like to think that now that like I've got you two doing that <laughs> like, kit's just sat in the corner shitting yourself. Thank <laughs> you, Lizzie. Does anyone else have anything to ask or offer? Hmm. No, I I honestly couldn't fault the game in itself. Yeah, it sounds pretty fun. How is it artsy though? I told you it's in the style of. uh, I'd say it's in the style of Picasso, so it's all really abstract. (laughs) Which nobody noticed. It's a straight up. No, I noticed. It's a straight up (laughs) simulator. This is what I wanted to ask. It's a straight up simulator. Yep. Uh, Serious (laughs) and grounded, as you put it. Yep. But with an abstract art style. Yeah, everyone's kind of blocky and all their eyes are all on the wrong side of their head and shit. Okay. So it's not, so why it's not is... an artsy game, it's an arty game. It's well, a it's game it... <laughs> that had some art references in it. Yeah. No, no, I don't think it's artsy. Well, no, it's just it's just styled. All the characters are really stylized in that way. It's not referencing but why... specifically. It's just in Fuck, that style. Fucking Haley. Why? Why? Why is everything it's... else? No, listen. Why is everything else? Like, everything I offered, like, the T-Rex being a character and stuff, uh-huh. that's, like, too unrealistic and, and not, like, within <laughs> your super narrow vision, apparently. But having everyone look like paint freaks, that's, like, that's fine. Why is that, like, the path that you will go down? Why is that, like, not, you know what I mean? Because Why is the, the storyline is realistic. It doesn't matter. You know, the visuals are for the audience. The storyline is what's happening okay. within the universe. They don't question that they all look like weird paintings. Okay. But what's so happening what, is normal. So, fine, fine. What is the artistic statement you are saying with that, please? Uh, we want an award. Fine. Uh, do you have a title? Uh, fuck, I didn't get that far. Um, 
Instead of like opposites attract, it's just opposites podcast shit, but that'll do. Is that like the subtitle? Like opposites attract? No, opposites op- opposites podcast, opposites podcast. It's shit, but it'll do. Yeah. Yeah, colon <laughs> shit, but it'll do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. It's eighteen. Colon, plus. Now please give me an award. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not swearing in it. That means sorry, you know. Yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Rated eighteen. Yeah, along there with GTA, another artistic masterpiece. <laughs> Yeah, precisely. That one was. Okay, that was that was good. Um, was it? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. The voice was good. Thanks. Lizzie, we're on to you. Oh, God. And remember, to, this has got to be artsy. Your yep. prompts are the royals, weddings, and knives. Knives? Mmm. Ooh. Okay. Now, you can't just make it Game of Thrones again. Uh, well, <laughs> I wouldn't do that anyway, don't worry. Right. But... Uh, are you ready? Are you okay with that? You got them knocked down? Yeah, I have all of that down. Perfect. And remember, it's got to be artsy to win an award. Uh, okay. Your pitch starts in three, two, one, go. Okay, so we all know the last decade, there's been a lot of royal weddings, and we're all kind of sick of them. Right? So, what if I pitch to you something where there is a royal wedding taking place, and you have to imagine it's very grand, it's a big opulent space, it could be like, I don't know, a listed building of some sort, some, you know, very palatial, fitting of the royals, chances are you've paid for it with your tax money. That kind <laughs> of place. Um, now... Whenever we see royal weddings, they always seem to go to plan. And I'm thinking, you know what? There's some people out there who maybe don't want that, who don't want the weddings to go off without a hitch. And, you know, I'm sure that there's even some people who think, hell, they might want to cause some chaos in there. So I'm thinking, why don't we feed into that? Why don't, why don't we give people an experience in virtual reality where they're at a royal wedding, but they have a knife. Or they have multiple knives, even. <laughs> okay, just hear me out here. Hear me out. Hear me out, because... Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm not a maniac, right? <laughs> what I'm saying... <laughs> I'm gonna die! <laughs> All I'm saying is, you don't have to, you don't have to use it. You just have a knife, right? Or you have multiple knives. You can choose that the the sort of the select screen. And and what you choose to do with that knife is up to you. You can you can cut the cake or you can stab the prince to death. It's up to you. But <laughs> you're putting people in the room with that experience. Being in that place where most people never get to experience these grand royal palaces. But, you know, you might not be into the royals, so you also have the chance to stab them to death in a gory fashion, if you so choose. Um, um, and, you know, with it being, it's not a linear game, there's no levels as such. It is how you make it. It's kind of like, I'm thinking of a, 
a sort of Stanley parable where you might even have multiple endings if you choose to stab the queen or not. Um, so that's that's the kind of direction I'm thinking. I'm, I'm aware that there are several legal issues involved with portraying regicide, but I'm sure we could get Time's around up. that. Time's oh, up. Okay. All right. Props to you for knowing the word regicide, because I didn't. Yeah, it's a good word. <laughs> yeah. yeah, props to you for knowing the word maniac as well. <laughs> that Right, Liz, I'm not joking. That might be my favourite pitch ever, and we've not Thank even you. gotten into it, because <laughs> you stopped me to go, no, hear me out, I'm not a man. <laughs> <laughs> if this was being, oh, if this ever God. goes out, the music I'm going to play under your pitch is the national anthem, but in like a spooky tone. You got me fucking laughing like a chicken out here, like I'm clucking, goddamn. You just play it in like a minor key. <laughs> Oh, God. So good. Oh, that, that, I've never heard anyone say. Do you know what? That was the same tone you used. You said, mm. "I've not seen all Game of Thrones. Don't so please don't spoil it." <laughs> the exact same tone. I mean, to, to think I said I'd be trying to be less deranged on this one, and I've just suggested uh. it making a game where you can murder the royal family. <laughs> I mean, know. I'd play the shit out of that. I'm sure people I mean, would. I'm sure people would. Mm-hmm. I think one of my favourite aspects of that was how you went in with <laughs> given a knife and you don't have to use it. And then your two examples were use it on a cake or use it on a human being. Oh, God. <laughs> well, how else are you going to use it? Maybe you could I don't know, Lizzie. That was your job. You know? Well, I don't know. It's an, it's an open-ended game. There's no, like, okay. would, would that be the in- linear level? Mm-hmm. But that would be the artistic intent, then, is the case of more or less the idea of the morality of that you have the choice. You yeah, you do. Yeah. Like, you could you murder. You could completely you just go on a complete bloodbath with all the knives you have. Absolutely. Or you could just, or you could just be the person walking around with a whole bunch of knives and no one asks you a single thing about the fact you're carrying several hundred knives. That's it. You've been invited <laughs> to the wedding. Several you're just roll hundred knives. What are you, the Joker? <laughs> you're just the knife guy. <laughs> He likes knives. You're a knife guy. Yeah. You're a knife guy. You're a knife guy. Fuck's sake. Is that what the title? <laughs> You're a knife guy. I mean, I'm stealing that. I'll, yeah. I'll give you royalties, but I'm stealing that. This does sound okay. very much like those games from like Newgrounds and stuff that you would get where it's just like, I can't remember what it's called, but there's one that's like, it's like pres- presidential rumble or something where you can just like hmm. play as. I think you just play as either George Bush or like Bill Clinton, just slapping each other. Mm. Those stupid like flash games from the early early nineties, late two thousands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, what I mean, yeah. Um, like it's yeah. very gives me that energy. Yeah, I like the I Stanley thinking... Parable uh, comparison. Yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, yeah, I like the the statement of you have a knife and you don't have to use it, hmm. or you can use it in whatever way you want. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, I can see the vision behind that. Mm-hmm. I can. I feel like you're not going to get an award for the game when you <laughs> stab the queen. <laughs> but you don't have to stab the queen. That's what I'm saying. But it's, a, but it's in there, isn't it? It will be in yeah, there, according would, to you. But, but to, to be fair, would it not be... It could be a nondescript royal family from a non... Yes. From, yeah, from true. somewhere that doesn't uh, actually... No, it, no, because the prompt was the royals. The royals. That implies the real royals. Which royals? You didn't say the British royals. 
it we could okay, be the okay. So do Armenian you think if we royal, distribute you know. this in Spain, Lizzie, and you kill the Spanish fucking royal family, they're going to be okay about it? Because it's not. Yeah, the because they don't have a monarchy. Do they? I don't know. Spain. <laughs> yes, Spain has a monarchy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that either. Well, there you go. <laughs> so if you kill them, well, they, won't they won't when you're fucking done with them. <laughs> <laughs> True. Oh, that's me off the no-fly list to Spain forever. But... Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure you're going to get a knock at the door like in about ten minutes. Oh yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> you sound really enthusiastic about that. Yeah, I know, yeah. yeah, I'm listening for the doorbell. If you hear it, yeah. then you know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, your local neighborhood knife guy. For any police listening to this, I do not intend to kill the <laughs> queen. She will yeah. take care of that herself in due time. Now listen, but... yeah. Lizzie has several hundred. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? <laughs> okay, are you actually going with that as the title? You're a knife guy. Yes, but you've okay. got to say it like you're a knife guy. Okay, I don't know how we'll put that on the cover, but with the next uh... mark. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't... Okay. Um... <laughs> I've not even got into this game. I've played this game a few times. This is the first. This is the earliest I've gone into a pitch, and my brain's just broke. <laughs> oh god! Not, can it be you're a knife guy, and then underneath I'm not a maniac? <laughs> <laughs> not a long titles this time around. <laughs> I was thinking you could me. either go for that, or you could go with the um, the slightly longer, more wordy. I'm a knife guy, I'm a hell of a guy, and tonight we honour you. Okay. That's, do you know what? That that does make it more artsy. I'll give you that. Yeah. Still not sure he'd get an award. <laughs> Once if, if you keep it on the download, they're like, oh yeah, you're just like carrying a knife. Maybe. But I don't want you say, by the way, if we you could... use it to kill a queen, well, um, I think they might I... go, oh. <laughs> I'm sure there's at least one Republican gaming award out there, which I'd be a shoe in for. Do they hate royalty? I don't think they do. Uh, no, like the Irish Republican, Joe. Yeah. Oh, I see, you're right. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> which is hilarious when you're on the oh. internet and, Amer- and Americans don't realize that that's a thing and, mm-hmm. and are yeah. confused why they hate conservatives. <laughs> so, so, what I'm going to say. There is Lizzie. Uh, according to that, is we're only going to sell this in Ireland. <laughs> yes. Okay, that might work out because uh, once people find out about it, they might pay extra for imports. Mm. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Fucking fucking hell. Uh, thank you, thank you very much, Lizzie. Uh, from the uh, from the most like sincere place in my heart, thank you for that. <laughs> Anytime, Jeff. <Jill. sighs> Kit, we're over to you now. Hey. You ready? Yes, <clears throat> I am. Right, so your yes. three prompts are motion controls, sculpting, mm-hmm. and finally, the moon. The moon. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. <laughs> the moon. Just, just the something moon. about just something about the moon being a prompt for some reason. I just wasn't ready for. <laughs> Oh. I'm not a moonyak. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Get in the <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Okay, your your uh, pitch starts one, two, three, now. Picture it. It is the near future. <laughs> Earth has uh, obviously uh, succumbed to the heat death of the universe uh, and <laughs> is no longer <clears throat> inhabitable. So several people, uh, several lucky people, have uh, been moved, um, some people have been moved to Mars, but other people have been moved to the moon, specifically the art community of the Earth. The art, and unfortunately, what has happened is that all of the rich assholes who have the Mars uh, have been commissioning artists more or less on a factory line to be making wonderful sculptures and different other pieces of art. You play a sculptor who, a lot who, is who is a specifically tasked with creating, recreating Michelangelo's David in precise detail <laughs> to a point where you can sell several of them to several people, almost either as if they are the original or that they are exact copies to a point where they are worth money. So you, the entire game is you using motion controls, using uh, either uh, using kind of your hands waving around or any kind of virtual reality headset situation sculpting perfect recreations of Michelangelo's David. Now, they may be they may they are mostly perfect, mostly accurate. But the thing that you are actually doing along with this is etching in and etching in some small decodable messages to to your fellow workers either in the factory or to other revolutionaries who are secretly on Mars. And so you are communicating back and forth. So you will get set, you will be sent pieces of marble from a mining planet and people from that mining planet will be sending you messages that you have to decode whilst you also recreate these perfect sculptures. So either Michelangelo's David also, as I said, but also like Venus, Milo, like etc. <laughs> just a lot of these kind of famous sculptures. And what is happening is that you are trying to slowly and covertly send messages to start the revolution through the medium of art. But they can't be too obvious. They, are, they have to be small, minute details, small signals, things that are nigh on impossible for anyone else to detect other than the people that, are, that know what these messages are. And progressively, these get more and more complex. Therefore, it becomes more and more difficult as the game progresses. And in the end, you either succeed and Mars is taken over, or you fail and you are then sent to the mining planet in which a whole different mini, mini game starts. Okay, so hmm. what we've got here is the heat death of the, un of the Earth, you said. Yes. And you said people were moved to Mars and moved to the moon. The vagueness of that was very entertaining to me. I don't know about anyone else. Um, as it's more, specific, yeah, it's, it's, it's a more of a thing. Just plucked them up and dropped them. There. <laughs> no, the implicate uh, the implication I'm having is that obviously it's the it's the thing which is prominent. It's like all the rich folks who want to go to Mars. The moon will be colonized more in a sense, and in this case, the moon is colonized more or less as kind of a is a series of factories and labor work. Oh, the moon is like where the poor people go and Mars is where the rich people go. Yeah, that is more or less uh, what the implication that is. is. That feels realistic, <laughs> to be honest. 
so yeah yeah definitely what but you did say the art community was sent to the moon so no yeah. laborers no the laborers are on a separate are on separate asteroids and asteroids. then del- yeah they're on asteroids and then use their ships to be able to transfer that transfer precious minerals and also uh, remaining kind of pieces that like there is there is a very similar there are similar materials to marble but they're not quite the same so a lot of this is a lot of this is about recreating pieces of art that have been lost mm-hmm. to like have been lost because the earth has been destroyed okay so a lot of this is about recreating these precious piece of art but you are specifically on the sculpting line hmm I did notice that the first piece of art you went for was Michelangelo's David. Yes. Um, which I was going to say might harm your chances of getting an award, but apparently they put that shit in Animal Crossing, um, Willy <laughs> and everything. So <laughs> I guess that's a moot point. It's so across the board, what it is like the way it is, it's it's, te- it's like part art history, but also part of it is that it's this idea of this understanding of do these things? These things are not necessarily they're they're recreations. But they're made in such a way that they can be, that they are still appreciated in the way they were before. But then they're being made as a commodity, and that's that's kind of what the kind of implication of the idea. But obviously, you are sending out these covert messages, and how successfully you do so uh, depends on how the game ends. That's fine. What I want to know is what. So you said that you could make slight changes to the art that would somehow pass on a, like a coded message. Mm-hmm. to others to in order to help create the revolution that's fine what kind of things would do that do you think like give you an example so it would be small it would be small kind of like hairline cracks hairline like very minute i'm i'm talking stuff that's like obvious like for example the way like david's hair is it's curly there could be specific messages within kind of like a single curl mm-hmm. did you mention sorry did you mention motion controls Yes, that's the way that you sculpt these things is through either it's through kind of your hand. I was saying like your hand waving type stuff, or even like a VR type motion control setup. So okay. it's uh, it is kind of you are sculpting it quite literally with <laughs> so take your me hand. through it. Take me through what peripheries are you using? What software? So what hardware are you using? What systems is going to be on? Tell me how you recreate David. So. This would, in order to be able to get the most accurate version of this, the closest we would have would be something akin to what you get with. Um, I don't know if you've seen. There are certain virtual reality games which are about sculpting and creating art right. in themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't actually remember the name of it right now, but I know what you ca- mean. I can't think of it either. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> it'd be a case of you would be like. So the way it works is, is that it, you do is it you sculpting do- simulator. With a little T-Rex. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. But um, you would be able to, like, you you have, lim- with this current setup that you have with headsets and VR headsets, you have limited amount of finger movement. But that would be enough to kind of, we there would be specific shapes, like, specific circles or, like, movements you would have to make. So you would have to make a very specific kind of, like, curve to be able to get the butt correctly. Or you would specifically, mm-hmm. like, move in a, spe- you would kind of, use like a single finger for certain lines uh okay. the, the but the secret decoded messages would be kind of a little bit more like it's it's part it's it's part kind of sculpting motion control simulation that way but also part kind of stealth because you're still trying to kind of whilst you're working on these sculptures 
you you have the specific area that is marked more or less marked for here is where the message is meant to go. Okay. I've one more question before I open this up. Um, because I think this is good. I, I really, I generally can't find much wrong with it. But what I want to know is, let's say you mess up. Let's say, what's the worst case scenario in terms of one level where, let's say it's David and you have to recreate David. What does, what does a, a failure scenario look like? So a failure scenario could look like in the case of that either the head falls off or like part of the cheek has come off. I know where you're trying to lead this. You're trying to lead this in the idea that the dick falls off. And yes, no, the dick can I, fall off, Joe. You know, if that's I what was, you want, I then absolutely you was not. I'll tell you what I thought you were going to say. I thought you'd be, because you mentioned the hair earlier. Mm. I thought you were going to say, oh, if you like press the wrong button or whatever, or move the, 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 the hand wrongly, then he is like posted off to some rich guy, but he has like a mohawk or something like that. <laughs> that could be the kind of things that would, you could have like funnier stuff, but like overall, it would be like noticeable breakages or noticeable differences things that would be quite like significantly off and remember or less yeah yeah there's a punishment i'm gonna i am choosing to take offense that you thought i wanted a dick to fall off i want that though i think she was maybe getting our wires crossed i personally know what you would like a game where a dick falls Okay. Yeah. As far as as far as you are concerned as the player, there could very well be a moment where someone's like watching you play and you're just stood there, bent down, bent over, with your hands chiseling away, and then you and then you hear they hear you go, Ah fuck, the dick's falling off. And then a big <laughs> game over screen comes up. Yep. Okay. Anyone got anything to, to contribute to that? Sounds good. I have a little bit of a question because you mentioned yes. you've got to kind of do this in secret, like inscripting the little messages. Yeah. Um, what happens if you get caught? If you get caught mm. uh, and enough times, like if you're caught with a message, like if a, if a mistake goes wrong, that's fine. But if enough of your messages are noted, yeah, then the entire game changes. I got, I was able to only just get a little bit of this in the pitch. But the entire game would flip around, and you I would see. be sent. To the, you would be sent to the mining colony instead, and you would just right. basically crack rocks uh, over several, like several levels of increasing difficulty, and eventually, you you could make your way back to the sculpting, but you but it takes like it's it's a it's a very difficult process to get back there. I see. Okay, but you would also there be sent similarly sending out messages and if you if your messages are caught there then you just fail completely and you're executed got it okay okay right rough. okay it's art it's yeah. arty in the way like it's it's that's it's talking about it's talking about capitalism in the way that's still safe enough for people to consume yeah it's like political. a squid games. Yeah. That is what I was going to ask really was you had like art in it. I mean that was helped by the fact that one of your, your prompts was sculpting, so that's fair. What makes it arty to you? Artsy, sorry. The reason that I think it makes it artsy is particularly it's it is this concept and this idea of that like we we have like with a lot of this stuff it's a case of the the actual art in itself, and because you're you're just sculpting, but like across the board, there are all these places that are recreating these perfect recre these as close to perfect recreations of great pieces of art that have been lost. 
mm-hmm. to the earth being destroyed. And it's it's this concept and this idea of like like art well, art becoming this commodity, but also this idea that you are creating these beautiful things that are being sent to places you're ne- never going to get to see. You're never going to be able to actually see these things. Like you only get to see them as they're sculpted. So your your surroundings, your place of work is this dull, boring, lifeless factory that is creating these beautiful recreations of art that is going to stand the test of time in a place that you won't ever get to see. So it's this it's this idea and this concept of that really like is it necessarily art at that point okay uh one last thing what's the best ending what's the best scenario for an ending the best ending uh i think i'd mentioned it during the original pitch but it's a case of that more or less the revolution starts uh the revolution (laughs) is in full swing and all of the all and you are finally able to travel to mars and see these uh, as part of it is you're seeing these opulent buildings but the thing is, like, you are seeing them and a lot of the work that you have done specifically being smashed and destroyed. Oh. So there's okay. this idea, like, so in the end, yes, you still win, but you still are seeing all of these pieces of art that you have tried to recreate beautifully be smashed and destroyed in a revolution, which is a beautiful thing. But in the same case, you have also just kind of almost done what already had happened. You've won, but yeah. at what cost? Exactly. Mm. You've won. You've won, but you've. But it's also this idea of like. But also, it's it's that interpretation of like, is this necessarily the art? It's not really the same art. This is just this is commercial recreations of it. It's like buying okay. a print. It's like buying a print at a museum. It's still pretty, but it's not the original. True. Okay. Okay. Uh, did you have a um, title? Yes, it. uh, it's on Earth as it is on Mars. Mm. That's actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go through these then. So we had uh, Opposites Podcast, mm-hmm. I think it was called. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Brackets, it's shit, but we'll go with it. Brackets, it's Or whatever. Shit, we'll I like the idea of a podcast simulator. I'm, I'm, if that's not been done before, I'd be surprised. Mm, same. Uh, I'd have to check that, but off the top of my head, I don't know about it. I feel like you squandered the T-Rex a little bit. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't look at that prompt till I was near the end and then I was like, shit, I've got one more to include. You had a happy talking T-Rex and podcast. Yeah. And maybe it's a predictable route, but predictable is not always bad. I I personally would want to know what a happy talking T-Rex would have to say on a podcast. <laughs> and what and what the opposite of a happy talking like maybe there's an angry miming t- triceratops. I don't know. It could be anything. <laughs> um but you went with two angry blokes. No, no, one of them's very happy and annoying. The other one's annoyed. But they're angry with each other, you said. Mm, Yeah, that's true. They're angry with each other, and there's a T-Rex JPEG somewhere (laughs) that talks to you every so often. A GIF at best, yeah. Yeah, a GIF, yeah. So, yeah, uh, we also had Lizzie's You're a Knife Guy, which, uh, as I said, is the funniest pitch I think I've had so far, and that's Thank some you. fucking stiff competition. <laughs> you you all know that. Don't say that lightly. But to be fair, most of the comedy didn't derive from the actual pitch itself. It was mostly, <laughs> it was mostly see, desperately trying not to scare us. <laughs> Which I mean, appreciated, but still, um, it's just like real life. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do like the the. The Stan- when you said Stanley Parable, I was like, okay, I definitely get the vibe she's going for. 
I still think if we're looking at this from going for an award, you'd be limited as to what awards you could go for. But that, but the other thing is, none of these really, because you said at the beginning, oh, so it can be an award. And I said, yes. None of these really went for, an, none of you mentioned what award it would go for other than video game related. So I have to assume you're going for video game awards here. And I think, I, I think someone might raise an eyebrow. <laughs> As opposed game. to what? The, the Turner Prize? What? <laughs> I don't, well, that's up to you to say. You said an award. And I said yes. So that implied to me that you, you at least one of you was going to go, well, I don't know, maybe this could be uh, an artistic award for Kit. Yeah, well, that's a... the thing. I thought, like, an, I, all I could think of was like art awards, but I couldn't think of any art awards, so I just didn't pick one. Well, <laughs> well that's the thing. If you'd have gone with an actual talking T Rex, maybe that could have gone down well with paleontologists. I guess, yeah. I was thinking more like the arts part, the artsy part of it would be what would win it the award. So I just got <laughs> mm. sort of bogged down in making it artsy and like trying to wink, work out whether it's an art award for design mm. like game design and then i just got stuck on that i think okay i mean understandable this is the first time we're doing it so i understand but if we are i mean if we're being honest like the most this is the most straight laced legitimate pitch ever was kit yeah and what i found particularly impressive was she kept it not necessarily tight because she went over time but she kept it focused uh she had a clear vision in mind and it was just, like we said, it was just a good game idea, on mm. some level, anyway. <laughs> I don't know how good that is for the show. <laughs> no, it's not good for the show at all. But it, is, but it does like, sound like a game that would be fun to play. It's got a Papers, Please does, vibe to it. Like you've got to yeah, yeah. It's got a very good vibe to it. Um, and I think on games. this occasion, I'm going to give it that one to Kit. So yeah, that's fair. It gets, a good game. Kit gets the full three points. Second place, I'm going to give to Lizzie. It's hampered a little bit, <laughs> a little bit, by the fact that you could kill a monarch in it, a real life monarch. Um, I think that only, that only raises could. it up if you ask me. That I, I, is... Don't get me wrong, out of character here, yeah, totally, I'd be fine with that. I'm just saying, in, as far as the awards season thing goes, it has a big thing holding it back there. But there is definitely an inkling of a good game uh, within that. And Haley, uh, I'm only going to give you the. You still get a point, but I'm only yeah. going to give you the one point. Uh, title and just a squandering of the T Rex uh, push it a bit down for me. Still, yeah, still, still funny, and still appreciate the fucking voice you did. <laughs> Barely. Yeah. Okay. Uh- Brendan Fraser. Oh, I love him. Okay. So, you got all those? Man. Hang on, I'm just writing down his name. So, it's got to be, so four kids, Winnie the Pooh. <clears throat> I always get social media, Twitter, and the revival of Brendan Fraser's career. Yes. Which okay. is a, a career I legit think deserves it as well. Yeah, same. Me too. Okay. And your pitch starts now. So... Uh, I'm thinking about making a TV show, and 
I'm thinking we haven't had any new uh, Winnie the Pooh content for for a while. I know there's been there's been a lot of movies like like doing sort of 3D versions of uh, cartoon characters, like with the Sonic movie, and you've had the Paddington Bear movie where it's like they're based in in reality. And I'm thinking uh, we'll do a similar sort of thing. We'll have a, a TV show. Um, it'll be set uh, in real life, and we'll have a CGI Winnie the Pooh. We'll make him 3D. We'll bring him around, and we'll have him. Um, he'll be sort of like the sort of Toy Story rules, and I think they have done this to some extent with Winnie the Pooh in the past, where you know, he's an inanimate object, he's a toy, he's in somebody's attic, uh, and then uh, Brendan Fraser is like, his, he basically inherits a house from a, from a relative that dies, and he goes round, and he's clearing out all the stuff, and he goes into the attic, and he finds this Winnie the Pooh doll, and when he brings it into the sunlight, and uh, I'm not sure of the original Winnie the Pooh law, I don't think this applies, but in this case, the sunlight brings him back to life, because he's been in a dark, dusty room, and um, and he starts to move about, and originally, initially, sorry, he doesn't realise that Winnie the Pooh is uh, is moving about, that this doll is alive, uh, until he starts looking through his house, and he's he's finding like little sticky fingerprints everywhere, and he's like, what the fuck, I haven't got a child, what's happening here, why have I just got like, you know, sticky surfaces, um, the children are known for that, and uh, um, and he goes into his uh, cupboard or to his fridge and he goes to make some toast and he gets some honey and the honey's gone and he's like why the fuck oh, that's why there's sticky everywhere someone's been going through my honey and um, and he comes and he's like he's trying to set a trap trying to see because he thinks it's like a kid or something or someone pulling a prank on him or like a, he's got an animal in the house or something um, so he's trying to like set a sort of Home Alone style traps to see if he can catch what it is and then he encounters Winnie the Pooh as, as a living uh, creature and realizes that's that doll from you know that I got from there and uh, I think basically everything after that point that's like the first episode how we set it up the introduction of the two characters together and um, and I think from there it's just sort of him and Winnie the Pooh getting into kind of normal Winnie the Pooh things where he's just bumbling about having a good time misjudging the size of things he tries to crawl through and getting his butt stuck that's his classic Winnie the Pooh and um, Brendan Fraser having to try and keep people from realizing that this doll is alive and there's probably a few moments where he thinks like either I'm going insane or like um, you know this is actually happening and I should probably keep this a secret because uh, I guess people you know he's worried people are going to take it away and it's a precious family heirloom and uh, yeah I think every episode after that will just be sort of them trying to keep him from being spotted uh, and and then having sort of adventures together where Winnie the Pooh gets stuck in places or gets into trouble and Brendan Fraser has to save him um, and it it, uh, it helps him connect with his inner child, and that's the moral. But it's just an overarching season, so there's not a particular end goal. It's just each standalone episode, I think. That's my pitch. I forgot about Twitter. Um, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh goes on the internet at the end of it. He discovers Twitter, and he has to stop him from getting in danger online and getting bullied and getting, like... He basically goes on Twitter, and everyone's like, you're not Winnie the Pooh, and he's like, I am. And then everyone's like, no, he's not real. <laughs> I lost that at the end. Fuck, I forgot about Twitter. I wrote hey, that one run on sentence. But that's Hayley, not a bad I... thing. Yeah. Haley, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to tell you there. Uh-huh. I knew you you I was like, wait, they've they've not mentioned Twitter yeah. after. I forgot. When you when you said I forgot about Twitter, there was ten seconds left. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I like realized it, but I wrote it all down as one fucking run on sentence. So I didn't even see the word Twitter. <laughs> I just saw the revival of Brendan Fraser. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. This is the, also, like I've like, oh, not missed something out every time. <laughs> well, even if you had included it, my other favourite part of that was this is the kids. <laughs> and one of the first thing Brendan Fraser says is, What the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's going on? yeah, that's perhaps Which, not a verbatim quote. Sure not sure that'd fly. For older kids. Yeah, perhaps not yeah, a verbatim I... quote so much as my summary of the situation. 
Yeah. I mean, this is this is Winnie the Pooh, which means it's Disney. That is, that's just mm. intrinsic to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, it, yeah. I, I, I kind of doubt in any in any Disney property they would put, oh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Again, I, I, that's not me paraphrasing him exactly. He's not going to actually Particularly with a Winnie the Pooh property. <laughs> I'm not okay. defending that as a line that's going in. Um, also, are you aware that the film Christopher Robin exists? Nope. Was not. Okay. It was <laughs> a Disney movie, that. a live Recent. action movie. Does it, was it right? Was it, uh, was it Rupert was it, Everett in it or something? Was it a recent one? Or? A few years ago. Oh, like, no, I didn't last, know about last this. Last five years, something like that. To be fair, and I actually about... hate Disney revivals live action, so that's... <laughs> It was it was kind of like that. It was it was kind of like um, a like a old like a, a distant future sequel kind of thing where it's like oh he's grown up now but his his uh, toys still come alive that kind of thing. Okay. So this sounds like a TV adaptation, except instead of a foppish British actor, you put in <laughs> Brendan Fraser, which isn't a bad thing. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad thing necessarily, uh, <laughs> but because you missed out Twitter. Mm. kind of did just make it, a, you know, an adaptation of that movie. Which, yeah, which I managed to do without having seen it, which is quite good. That's kind of impressive. In, in yeah, its own I've way. accidentally quoted what, way, I think, what I think will be a Disney hit because it's already a Disney hit. Yeah, and also, Oops. like, I, I guess intrinsically it's, uh, because it's Winnie the Pooh, it, it's for kids anyway. I think maybe mm. you, you leaned on that, which I understand. Mm. But uh, there wasn't anything in particular that stood out to me as, as this is for kids. Because when you got to the moral, you said there's no end to go to this. Yeah, it's just a, each episode is a sort of standalone. It's not like a, what's it called? Um, like when you've got a flowing story from episode to episode. It's just like a lot of kids like a, shows are. Like a long where form it's just, story. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it's just like a lot of kids shows are where it's just one. Mm. Each episode is, is its own thing. It doesn't have a mm. like continuity or canon or whatever. It's just the... Okay. That, I mean, there is precedent for that in Winnie the Pooh, sort of. Mm. I can't remember the name of it exactly, but it was a series that he did where it was a bit like, almost like, uh, what's the word? Almost like an anthology mm. where no story yeah. really tied into each other and it wasn't really immoral. So I guess that follows it pretty well, to be fair. I was going to say, is that just like the main animated series? Like the... <laughs> There was a main animated series. There was also like, it was like a a special that was like an anthology of stories yeah it was oh. like um, um it was like an older one wasn't it i, I remember yeah one of them yeah like i can't the, it had a specific a flood name or but it was the one sorry one of them was like a flood yeah or and it was hurricane like in or the style of a book yes yeah. and one was uh they have lumps and woozles that that's the one yeah. yeah 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 in case yeah. you haven't noticed i also haven't watched any one either <laughs> i don't know anything yeah. about it besides yeah in it. i, I, I also you did, yeah. To be fair, like maybe uh, that's probably why you didn't include anyone like Tigger or anything like. You, you yeah, like I knew it. of the character in my mind, but in my brain, I just thought like that's adding more characters is going to complicate it. And I was envisioning it as like the sort of way that they've been doing a lot to of be... things now. Like Sonic is like a good example of what I mean, where it's just this one animated yeah. character. <laughs> to be fair, I think if you'd have added Tigger, you would have completely left out Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's probably good. Ten seconds though, Haley. Fucking hell! No, I'm just. <laughs> I, write, so I don't know why I bother writing notes. I don't read them. But then you oh, wrote no, a big no, spiel no, no, about no. how people said to him, "You're not the real <laughs> thing." <laughs> yeah, my favorite bit, which is a really nice. <laughs> You're not bit. fucking real, mate. Yeah. <laughs> You're not real. Yeah. He's a poser. Everyone's like, which he's just... not real. Which implies someone thinks there's a real who <laughs> <laughs> out there. Yeah, they just yeah. There's a Winnie. He's not the one with the blue check mark. 
Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Terrified, exactly. like somewhere out there, he's like JD Salinger. He's like a hermit in his own house in his little <laughs> fucking wood. Uh, uh, anyone you know. got anything to add to that? Any questions or contributions? Please don't think about it too hard. I mean, you didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't exactly. I Nothing. mean, I'm just thinking oh. if, like, the premise is that they've got to hide him from the public, mm. where does, you know, like, let's say the ending, I guess mm. he would sort of come out of the shadows and say, you know, well, he'd go on Twitter. <laughs> And say hello. I'm with. <laughs> yeah, I just answered my own question. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's also like the premise of he's trying to. He's not allowed to go out, and people can't see him because Brendan Fraser's trying to hide him because he's worried about either that he's imagined it and he'll go away, or that um, uh, they'll come and take Winnie the Pooh away. So because they're just thinking some sort of weird experiment, and uh, they'll go study him. So perhaps I was thinking that maybe he's like on Twitter trying to convince everyone like oh i can't be in the real world but look i'm here i exist or whatever and yeah maybe the end is him coming out of the light and actually being maybe he goes viral that's it yeah he goes viral on twitter and then everyone can't <laughs> ignore him and then that's how it ends he becomes a viral sensation and then i don't know gets a brand sponsorship so, so Haley, so what you're basically pitching is the plot of ted 2 but with winnie <laughs> the pooh i've not seen that either is it <laughs> is that the title no. ted pooh <laughs> no yeah, actually. There's at least a concept of that he's trying to kind of win a court case about the fact that he's a real person. Oh, Is he going to be voiced by Seth MacFarlane? He is now. Hey, I'm winning the pool, Lois! <laughs> oh, fucking hell. I'm, I'm just accidentally ask... copying existing things that I don't know about. <laughs> this is such a problem. Can I... You, you, um, can I? I'm going to ask for one more thing before we get to their title. Brendan Fraser. One of the the best things about Brendan Fraser was he had a lot of quips. He had a lot of snappy things that he would say, or like silly kind of, you know, like little jokes and that that he was known for, like The Rock, mm. but better. So, could you give us like maybe what he would say upon seeing Winnie the Pooh? That's not what the fuck is that. <laughs> What the fuck is that? <laughs> like, so oh. I'll lead you in. So let's say he sees Winnie the Pooh. He's like, oh, whoa, what's this? And Winnie the Pooh says, hello there, I'm Winnie the Pooh. Or I'm Pooh Bear or something. What does he say? Well, I'm envisioning him, like, appearing and spotting him while he's got, like, like his basically his head stuck in a honey jar. <laughs> um, mm. So it's all, like, honey everywhere. Like, the classic, like, he's been caught sort of thing. Right. Uh, I guess a Jaws reference, he'll just be like, I'm going to need more honey. <laughs> Which is not witty. <laughs> But I feel like kids would like that. <laughs> kids love a Jaws reference, yeah. <laughs> they do. They're known for it. <laughs> the gory movie from 1975. Yeah, they lo- we're going to need more honey. <laughs> I thought you were going to say we're going to need a bigger honey jar. Just to go, we need more honey. <laughs> <laughs> more honey. Something really funny about that. We got it's a title so boring. Um... <laughs> Have you seen Jaws? Yeah, I have seen those. Okay. Yeah. okay, at least you've seen that. At least yeah. you know you stole that one. <laughs> have you got a, uh, a title for me, please, Haley? It's qu- it's quite hard because I mean, Winnie the Pooh itself is like a that. I mean, obviously, I guess the other one was called Christopher Robin, although I didn't know that. Um, but hmm. my, aren't most Winnie the Pooh franchises just named after him? You could call it Winnie the Pooh and the whatever or something. Yeah, like Winnie the Pooh and Brendan too. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <Well, well>, <laughs> He is literally just Brendan Fraser. Because yeah, I like Brendan Fraser for who he is. That's fine. Wasn't he in a 
Oh no, it wasn't him. I was gonna what? say I thought he was in a movie called We Bought a Zoo, and I was gonna say maybe called We Bought a Poo. <laughs> <laughs> that was Matt Damon. Okay. I, um, I went somewhere else with what I thought you were doing with that. When you say we bought a zoo, and you said we bought a poo, I thought you were just gonna say like we bought a zoo and Brendan too again. <laughs> 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 no, no mention of Winnie the Pooh. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, so that's my pitch. It's actual Brendan Fraser. Thank you very much, Kayla. I love how that's happened twice now. What? Where, like, with, like with, with Tim Curry as well, where we're like, hang on, is it it's oh, the governor yeah. just Tim Curry? Yeah, forgot about that. Oh, Brilliant. My face is hurting. <laughs> Same. God. Are you Are you ready, uh, Lizzie? As ready as I'll ever be. Boy, oh boy. All right, so... Your prompts for a TV show that has to be for kids are mm-hmm. a haunted location of your choice, a haunted location of your choice, wrestling, <clears throat> wrestling, okay, and it must feature Ricky Gervais. It must feature oh. Ricky Gervais. His career is not dead. No, no, this is that was only for that one. Oh, oh, right, okay. For this, you just, the goal is to make it for kids, remember? Okay, sure. The prompt for that one was reviving someone's career. So that was mm-hmm. just for Haley. that aspect. I see, right. Have you got them all? Uh, yeah, got them all. Okay. So your pitch starts in three, two, one, go. Right. I know you're a little <laughs> bit apprehensive to hear my pitch for a kids show after... You know, I'm a knife guy because it's, you know, it's a bit of a switch, but you have to, you know, you have to change it up a bit. And so I'm thinking kids these days love wrestling, right? Kids these days, they love Roman Reigns. They love John Cena. They love, uh, I don't know, Zack Ryder. I guess he's still around. Um, But what they don't have is they don't have that mix of the sort of horror elements, which they get from things like Scooby-Doo. And that world of wrestling, other than that one film they did together, but we won't talk about that. So, what I'm thinking is, we have a haunted wrestling gym. It's this gym that was used in the 70s in the Territory Days, but it's mm. been abandoned for a few years. So, it's, it's showing its age a bit. It's covered in cobwebs and, you know, it's been vandalised, but the ring is still intact. So... Kids kind of break in occasionally. Well, not break in. It's, it's kind of easy to get in there because nobody cares about it. You can just get in quite easily. And the kids, you know, they have they have tussles in the ring and they throw each other against the ropes and they do big jumps and they pretend they are their favourite wrestlers. But something strange happens when one of the kids happens to stay, you know, just a little bit longer because his, his friend's gone outside and one kid's, I don't know, getting his shoes back on. And there's a ghost of a former wrestler. Now, this is someone he recognises, but obviously not in corporeal form. So he's, you know, he's quite freaked out by this. And he, he runs away and he tells his friend, there's a ghost in there, there's a ghost in there. And it's the ghost of whatever the wrestler's name is. The wrestler's played by Ricky Gervais. He plays a, a big sort of burly 70s guy. He's got, you know, the, the hairy chest and the beard and the, the long hair and the, the spandex, that sort of thing. His friend doesn't believe him. but So they they just keep going back. And, you know, the, the other kid, he's a little bit unsure. He's thinking, you know, this isn't right. There's a ghost in here. This is haunted by 
the ghosts of wrestling's past. And what happens in this film is it's it's him discovering, well, his love of wrestling through actually doing wrestling, but also finding out that it's maybe not all it's cracked up to be because it has, you know, it has these skeletons in the closet that we you don't hear about because it's all thought to be in the past, but it still haunts the current wrestling landscape. And it's up to Ricky Gervais as the ghost wrestler character to kind of say, you know, look, it's it's fine for you to be a wrestling Hands fan, up. but you have to know. Okay, all Hands right. Up. Okay. I want to know what you have to know. <laughs> okay, go on. You can explain it last bit. Well, you have to know that these things exist, and as much as it's not acceptable, so long as you're aware of them, and so long as you can say, I will make sure this never happens again, then I won't keep haunting this gym. Okay. And that's my pitch. So, okay, thank you, Lizzie. Uh, you, okay, you went a bit, you went quite deep with some plot details there, including someone putting a sock on or something. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure how important that is to the overall plot. It's thank important you, anyway. to me. <laughs> so, Ricky Gervais is a wrestler mm-hmm. from what era? The 70s? Yeah, like late 70s, early 80s. So, he's like the proper growth. When men were men, kind of bullshit. Kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. So that suits his character. I, I, that's fine. That suits his horrible, shitty personality. Absolutely. Um, and probably, he's, but he is. He, but he's now in the modern day because he's a ghost. Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah, so, um, well, he's just one of the ghosts. He's the main ghost, but there's other ghosts there that they kind of represent people who previously trained at that gym, hmm. and to you know, were big in the wrestling world in their day, but have now sort of faded into obscurity. Okay. I want to get into his character a little bit, but first, uh, I want to discuss these other ghosts then. I imagine something like this, especially to appeal to kids, you want yeah. to get some wrestlers in there as cameo. Usually they're up for that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Wrestling-related media. So yeah. who do you think, let's say, let's pick three. So let's okay. pick three wrestlers that you think should be in this movie and what kind of characters they should play. Okay, um, definitely Becky Lynch, because I can sort of picture her with the big, like, 80s hair and the sort okay. of, um, I don't know. Like oh, the so they're representing different look. eras? Um, not necessarily, just the past. But it, I'm thinking, okay. like, she could be sort of a, a mid-80s type character, but she has trained at the gym. Like a glow um, kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Um, so Becky Lynch, fine. Yeah. I'm also thinking maybe Bret Hart. He'd be like the Elder mm. States ghost, if there is such a thing. And yeah, he's the sort of... <laughs> I don't think there is, but okay. <laughs> he's, a, he's initially the scariest one because he's just sort of, you know, he's the oldest and therefore the the spookiest looking but he's the wise one he's quite sort of friendly once you get to know him he could um i mean yeah you've i mean these are playing characters they're not playing themselves uh, i reckon you probably could make him up to look quite spooky yeah, yeah. an undertaker also... type character but without being shitty yeah and i'm also thinking um hmm, let's I'm hear between, it i'm doing two names but i'm thinking i'm gonna go with biggie because I, I knew think... you were going to say that, and I don't know why. 
Yeah, it was between him and Mick Foley, but I think Big E can bring yeah. more to the character. He can be this sort of, you know, one of those over-the-top early 90s characters, very cartoon. Okay, so you're getting, yeah, a lot of the modern audience would recognise Big E. Absolutely. Probably more would recognise uh, Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. And you ring, you're bringing in the older audience with a Bret Hart cameo. That's fine. Yeah. Let's get into Ricky Gervais's character. I want a name for him. Ruckus Punch Meat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Say that again. Ruckus Punch Meat. Ruckus Punch Meat. And yes. what was his gimmick back in the day? His gimmick was a sort of... He was a tough guy, but he was very loud as well. And he had this obnoxious laugh. Like, he was one of the big heel characters. Yeah. And what what kind of cunt has a laugh like that, eh? Yeah, seriously. And he'd, he'd sort of mock his opponents for having a head like an orange and that sort of thing. It's, it's very meta, this film. Is there going to be someone in the movie who looks like that, perchance? Uh, maybe. He might make an appearance. He could be the... I don't know, maybe the the janitor or something. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe an old referee who became the janitor. Yes, I love it. Okay. Even better. Very good. And did you? There were kids involved in this, so obviously you're trying to. Sounds like you're kind of going for maybe kind of like a Goonies approach, that kind of thing, like a gang of kids. Absolutely, sort of Goonies, maybe even like Stranger Things sort of vibe. What's the overarching plot though with that? Well, the overarching plot is that, you know, the the kids, they all play in this gym, but only a couple of them really love wrestling. And the main kid character is, you know, he's the most fond of wrestling out of all of them. Hmm. And I think, you know, the other kids, maybe they're starting to move away from wrestling because they get to that age where they think, "Uh, nobody watches wrestling anymore, that's lame. But this one kid, he loves it. But... Obviously, in the this day and age we live in, there's all of these things about you hear about wrestling, about how everybody's awful and all of these <laughs> horrible things happened in the past. Mm. And I think it's a way of reminding him that you know it's okay to like wrestling. Is is there going to be sort of a a corresponding arc with uh, Ruckus Schmidt, <laughs> uh, who's like maybe going to learn that maybe the old ways aren't best, something like that. Yeah, and and that's I guess that's kind of why he he's maybe a ghost because he's you know he's stuck in the old ways. He died of, the world. of bad beliefs. Well, that too, but but yeah, it's it's him coming to terms with his own obsolescence as well. Hmm. Okay, I don't know how much you can contribute to the wrestling side of it, Haley, because I know you're not into it uh, like the rest of us are, but anything you want to ask or think you can add to the the other sides of the the pitch? So just, can you say, you were saying that uh, at first everyone's like, ghosts aren't real. Does anyone else ever see him or is it just like this one kid just is the only one who notices him? It's this one kid and maybe one of the others, but I would want to keep it kind of at first, the the point is that he's scared of these ghosts that are haunting the gym, but then mm. it becomes more about how he's discovering himself. It's like a bit of a coming of age sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so but it's not like a, no one else can actually see the ghosts and just thinks he's a lunatic sort of thing. It's just like they he, no, they just, no he... they're just not interested in seeing them. Yeah, he's only they see him um... on Twitter and go, "You're not the real Rooks." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he, goes, he, and he goes, I'm not a lunatic. He only sees them when he's in the gym on his own. 
when all the other kids yeah. have gone. Right, so he intentionally only shows himself to the kid when the rest of them aren't there anymore. Okay, yeah, I see and... what you're getting at, Haley. What? <laughs> he only shows himself to oh, no, one just... child no one's No, around. I literally just meant, like, it's like one of those... Oh, what is it? There's a TV show like this, and I can't think of what it is, where, like, only one person can see the magical fucking being. I can't remember what it is, though. Um, and I didn't know if it was one of those ones where he's, like, just stood there talking to nobody, and everyone else is like, who the fuck... Is this person talking to? But never mind. No, okay. it's fine. Like a hard. Yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. I get yeah, you. I can't think of the yeah. example, but yeah. Okay. Anything from you, Kip? No, it's a solid idea. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I need a title, though. Ooh. I'm going to say Wrestling with Shadows. <laughs> now, no, you're not having that. <laughs> that already exists. You can't have that. Wrestling with okay. Shadows 2. There you go. <laughs> you could have said wrestling with spirits or something. <laughs> Fucking hell. All right. Also, also rocks the sleeve now, Carl. What? What? Wrestling with spirits. <laughs> you also had a drinking problem. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Very kid friendly. Yeah, isn't it? Yes. Okay. But no, wrestling um... with shadows too is what I'm going for. Okay. Let's move on then. Uh, Kit. Okay, so this is a TV show. Remember, it's for, it has to be made yep. for kids. Your first prompt is songwriting. Must include a character called Invisible Jeff. Include a character called Invisible Jeff. And the last prompt is Adam Bivolo. Adam Bivolo. <laughs> oh no. Your pitch starts three, two, one, now. Now, this uh, TV show for children is about a failed uh, failed songwriter called Adam Bibble. Or do we have Adam play a failed songwriter? Who knows? We'll decide that on the day. Obviously, he's not been having the best time. He's been failing uh, at every single thing at being able to do this. But his specific uh, forte was writing kid like song like. Well, kids' songs, basically kid-friendly songs for a recording, like a Wiggles-type troupe. Because they don't record, they don't write their own songs. They've got songwriters behind it, like all pop music. Um, So, he is having a real tough time and has been struggling to try and rhyme uh, several words together. Um, Those words being an orange door hinge. And he's been stuck there because he's been specifically asked by this Wiggles type group to rhyme these two words. And he keeps he keeps struggling. And eventually at a certain point he throws his failed uh, piece of wads of paper at the wall and they hit something. They they don't hit the wall, they don't hit the bin, they don't hit anything else. What they have actually hit is Invisible Jeff. Invisible Jeff has been here this entire time, but only at this point has uh, realised that he can't stay silent for much longer. So Invisible Jeff speaks to Adam and says that he uh, is going to help him write the greatest children's song of all time. And through a series of different lessons about the idea of music theory and music writing theory, through through the lens of kind of doing it through 
kids' music and through bass and even looking at kind of like classics, so like the wheels on the bus. We explore for children kind of a child-friendly version of learning music theory, learning songwriting theory. Uh, so Invisible Jeff and Adam go on adventures uh, t- and go to different places in order to get inspiration for their song. And by the end of the series, they finally have written this song which rhymes the words of Orange Door Hinge. And all they've done is just repeat the words Orange Door Hinge again because they've realised sometimes our repeating structure is actually pretty sound for a song. Uh, so, so it may feel like a bit of a cop-out, but to be honest... Sometimes pop music is a cop-out. And sometimes life gets at you fast. Yeah, in this case it really did, didn't it? It really did. Okay, so let's break this down a little. I'm not sure if you actually clarified if it is Adam Bibolo or just played by Adam Bibolo. Um, I would think it would be played by Adam, but I just don't know how comfortable Adam is with this. If not, we will have some. He will. The character themselves will be called Adam Bibolo, but we played by an actor of of similar aesthetic. And which Billy Gable. Would that be? <laughs> Billy Gable. <laughs> no, I've answered. I'll be Kit Harrington. Oh, that <laughs> okay. That's perfect. Um, I kind of prefer Billy. I, mean, I kind sure, of really sure. want to ask Billy to do a Bibolo impression now. <laughs> so, the- um, you said during that, and I think this line probably spoke out, stuck out to me the most, was mm-hmm. Invisible Jeff has always been there. The implications of that are kind of terrifying, Kit. What did you mean by that? No, well, Invisible Jeff has been... In what well, Invisible Jeff has always been there. In the case of the Invisible Jeff has always been in this home, even before Adam got there. Oh right, okay. It's it's technically like Invisible Jeff will be revealed over the time to be like an original owner of the house, who through a series of unfortunate magical experiments, like a, a series of unfortunate magical instances, uh, became invisible. But also can't. So he's not, uh, yeah. So he's not dead. <laughs> he made it sound like he's, he's no. dead and a ghost. No, he's not dead or a ghost. He's just invisible. And okay. his age is ambiguous. Who plays him? Who's voicing Invisible Jeff? Invisible Jeff. So the voice of Invisible Jeff. Mm. The voice of Invisible yeah. Jeff. Invisible it's Jeff. Seth yeah. Rogen. Okay. Can you give us a little taste of what he might say to Adam in a Seth Rogen voice, please? I heard you've been having some hard times with uh you know, writing music. <laughs> that's, okay, that's, that's who you are. But, um... <laughs> Adam was sick. You read my book. <laughs> Fuck me. Um... <laughs> so, Invisible Jeff is taking Adam through a spiritual journey, and they work together creatively. Mm-hmm. And what they what they they gain from that that endeavor mm-hmm. is the two words that he's been agonizing over just said over one another repeatedly. That's yes. the climax. That's the finale of the. And that's TV. the finale, and it's and it's a case of sometimes the easiest answer is the best answer, and that's very true within songwriting. Sometimes, like I mean, realistically, Joe. Uh, I mean, 
how simple is the phrase there's a girl that's been on my mind su su studio like it's <laughs> that's not necessarily top <clears throat> quality but it's also we need, freaking great we need to talk about this we need to talk about this you do this every pitch you do this you've done it every episode now where you, you come up with something that's a bit questionable and when I pull you on it you go well some other shit did it so I'm allowed to it means there's precedent, no. Joe. It means that there is there is evidence. There is empirical evidence. Okay, but I could easily answer that with yes, there is evidence that something shit exists. Doesn't mean you have to replicate it. It's it's not I even mean, it's not even the idea of shit. It's more of the thing of that repetition is a perfectly fine concept to use within music. I'm not saying that this is shit. What I'm saying is you can't use that as an argument. Because the counterpoint will always be, right, but just because it exists, that doesn't mean you should aspire for it. I just think it's funny that that's what you do literally every time. And I can never predict what it's going to be when you do it. Okay, okay, Susu Studio, you're going with that as, yeah. as your precedent. Fine. Yeah. Who am I to argue with the great Phil Collins? <laughs> I, I think... How many, I know I've not asked anyone else this, but I, I think it was kind of intrinsic. It, I'm using that word a lot. It's, it's kind of implied in what they're um, uh, they're pitching. How many episodes is this going to be? This would be. This would just be like a 24 episode thing. It's it's it is just kind of a. 24 episodes. Yeah, 24 episodes at about 20 minutes each. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. and it is just short little bursts of child-friendly musical theory exploration. Is okay, okay. Is animated. Yes. Okay. Why don't you mention that in the pitch? Because I I wanted you to figure it out now. The way your voice trailed upwards, then at the end, is just that you didn't. But okay. Didn't think about it before. But no, I very much think it's animated. Okay, I'm going to need you to not do that. I'm sorry, Joe. Please, please stop it. <laughs> okay. Oh, fucking hell. Okay, I like the aspect of uh, actually teaching music theory. I don't know anything about that personally, so I don't know how much I can comment on it. What does anyone, everyone else think of that? I'm still kind of stuck on the idea of whether or not it is actually Adam <laughs> and what happens if it's someone playing yeah. Adam and people start Googling his name <laughs> and they just um, find the streamer instead of this actor. <laughs> I've got I've got to say, the bit that uh, I think like started cracking me up was when he started going on about, oh, Adam's such a failure. He's just fucked up everything he's ever tried, this Adam Bibolo fella. <laughs> like, all right, <laughs> steady on. He's a failed, what was it? Uh, songwriter. Songwriter, that's it, yeah. No, it's, it's like, more of a thing of this is this is just shiter. yeah this this is Get just out. it's either like it's either played by Adam and it's just another character who is a failed songwriter or we have Kit Harrington play a character called Adam Bibolo. If it's Adam playing the character, what is he called? What's his name? It is Billy Cable. Fuck <laughs> 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 is that what you're going with, Kit? No, it's uh, Harrison George. <laughs> yep. <Okay. laughs> going surname first. <laughs> okay, so Harrison George 
is fucking up his his songwriting with Orange Door Hinge. Invisible Jeff, uh, even though he is an established songwriter in a band, uh, Invisible Jeff is going to show up and teach him the basics of, of <laughs> songwriting and music. Um, no, it's it's getting him back to basics because, like, clearly he's overthinking it. The, right. the, that is part of the reason because it's a case of, it's the same with a lot of creative processes, sometimes it, getting back to basics is the best thing to do Okay I don't do that at all ever <laughs> Basics is nothing that I like to do I like to make things complex as fuck hence my pitch <laughs> I mean, you've, to, to be fair, you've gone less complicated, or at least overly less overly complicated this time so I've got to give you credit for that <laughs> I am just going to work something out though here, just uh, give me a second. Okay, so 24 episodes at 20 minutes. Yes. So what that means, what that means is kids are going to be subjected to eight hours of this before being told, go with your first choice. I feel like that's a little counterproductive. <laughs> I mean, eight hours to go. She didn't oh, I say it was. Because what I was going. She didn't say it was his first choice, just that he wasn't sure. He wasn't sure. Wait, it's more that like he didn't know what the rhyming thing to do was, and it's a case of with a lot of it, it's a case of really, even especially a lot of people actually say within music theory and within theory on learning and a lot of things, it's better to know and really kind of get to grips with the basics in okay, a way before then, you... Even then, this is presumably going to start with him going... Orange door hinge. Orange door hinge. Something like that. And eight hours later, he's, he's going to do the same thing, but sell it. That's, that's the, that's the yeah. climax. Is what you're Moral of the story is believe in yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Moral of the story is believe in yourself. You know and the moral of the story is... Idly. Yeah, the moral of the story is also Kit realised you were going to ask a question about what do you rhyme orange door hinge with? So I did it at the end before, so that you didn't have that as a question at the end. <laughs> and in fact, I've actually created more questions as a result. Yeah, this is fucking syndication all over again. <laughs> <laughs> you had it, and then just one tiny detail proper unravels it. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> me. Okay, uh, title? Orange Door Hinge. The name of the show is also... Okay. Invisible Jeff and the Orange Door Hinge <laughs> featuring but Adam Bigelow. No okay. <laughs> but he's not featured. Okay. <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> oh, fucking did. <laughs> Every bit of that title fucked with my head. <laughs> oh. So we had. We had. Uh, what was uh, the Win- Winnie the Pooh? Winnie the Pooh and Brendan, too. Brendan two, mm-hmm. as in number two or no no like he's he's two T O O like he's here okay otherwise that would imply um, the existence of Winnie the Pooh that's... and Brendan one yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was gonna say <laughs> and then we had Resting with Shadows two is it too late to change my title if you've got another one yeah yeah so yeah. I'm thinking wrestling with my family and also ghosts. Okay, I mean it's fighting with my family, but he's not—he's not wrestling with his family in your pitch. Well, it's a—it's a—it's an episodic television series. We'd get that in due when? course. When? Whenever, you know. Whenever. How many episodes is it? 
I'm thinking 12 episodes overall, about <laughs> half an hour each. Th- this will be series two. Which, what? <laughs> Wait, what? What? What was the problem with that? Series two of what? Of the show I pitched. But what happened to series what? one? Yeah, what are you on about? Yeah, series one would just be the stuff with all his friends. Series two would be... <laughs> what do you mean what? stuff with no, all his friends? No, we can't go back to this. What is happening? I don't understand what you're doing. Oh, he asked us for a title change. It's not a complete revamp of the fucking show. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. your turn, Lizzie. You can't do this. <laughs> okay, so what What if we stick with wrestling with Shadows 2? Yeah. Yeah. Wrestling yeah. with Shadows 2, I'm not a maniac. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> okay. You've just done what fucking <laughs> Kit did, which is you should have just started <laughs> what you had, but you, you went all around the fucking houses and then we just ended up where we were before. <laughs> so, you know what? Because of that, out. because of that, Lizzie, Kit just went above you because she's trying to what? teach us not to do that. What? And you went and fucking did it. Rude. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> now, ha- having said that, I am going to give the win to Haley there. Even though, and this is very much a win by default situation because yeah. you missed fucking Twitter out until ten I seconds. I did. Uh, this is one. Every time I miss something or forget something, it seems to serve me better. Yeah. Um, What's that about? Tr- yeah, we, kind of, it kind of brings the concept of the game into question. <laughs> If you can leave out a detail until the last 10 seconds and still I win. Think, I, think, I think what strengthens the game is that Kit created something, while fucking questionable, taught us a lesson. She wanted to teach us a lesson, and the lesson was then manifest in front of us. As you went and did, you had the downfall that fucking Adam Bibolo has. <laughs> you... For about very eyes, I would say I would. I am ob- obligated to give uh, Kit the 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 edge there because she tried to warn us, and then you didn't <laughs> even do it on your turn. <laughs> uh, okay, so we've got movies, and just so you all know, the goal of this round for everyone is to start a new cinematic universe. God, yeah. the extra goals make it really hard. <laughs> Hayley, you're up first. Mm-hmm. Have you got any... Like, This is going to sound weird, but it'll make sense in a second. Have you got any pockets on at the moment? On? Yeah, I've got, I'm wearing pockets. Just pockets, okay. yeah. Do you have anything in your pockets? Let's have a look. Uh, I've got a fox's mint glacier, like one of the glacial mints. Okay. So your prompts are it has to be a slasher movie, Superman, mm-hmm. and an economy centered entirely around Fox's mints. Oh, fuck. Okay. I could go for a okay. Fox's mint about now. I know, right? So I, was, I just put that, that out there Ooh. for everyone to think about. Okay. Three, two, one. Your pitch starts now. So everyone's aware of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 
and DC sort of tried to do its own thing, but a lot of people keep making just one-off movies. They don't really make an overarching. No one's really had the plan to make a large-scale, sort of continuously canon movie in the same way that Marvel have at DC. So I'm thinking we'll, we're going to start doing that, but we're going to try and appeal to um, a more adult audience because DC have always tried to do the slightly grittier take, whereas Marvel's always tried to do a bit more of the kid-friendly because it's Disney and all that sort of stuff. So I'm going to go with a, a new. I'm going to start out with Superman, sort of like the you know the OG one people think of when they think of DC other than Batman, which we already covered last week. Um, so we're going to add. Yeah another one to that existing universe um but in this one uh it's superman but it's uh, and i think they've done this before where superman basically has some sort of traumatic event that happens to him and he, and he turns evil but i think in this one he's just right off the bat he's just shit he's just evil and he, and he goes around and he just starts trying to fuck everyone up he's just that, that's the sort of slasher element of the movie is it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic world it's governed by superman superman sorry not superman superman and it's um people are trying to survive in this world like being undetected by him trying to get away from him trying to make a just trying to make a life for themselves under this dictatorship rule of superman and um because the earth has been kind of destroyed uh currency doesn't hold its its normal value that it holds anymore because it's not really worth anything you can't go to a bank they've all been destroyed uh, so people are trading in things like food but um people have started using fox's mints as the the sort of currency of that world now because they are boiled sweets and they don't perish as easily as the sort of a lot of other food um, that they need to eat quickly um and they're always about the same size and weight so you can sort of consistently use them in the way that you would use gold bars as like a set metric of how much something is worth you would use the use them as tiny little mint gold bars um and but yeah basically the whole premise of the first movie leading into this larger scale universe in which will bring other characters in who try and bring superman down at various points uh, including david mitchell's batman um uh but he's busy right now online so this yeah this, the, the world hasn't been destroyed in his movie yet this that's that's a prerequisite to this one um and yeah all, all the different characters from the dc universe come in and try and take down superman um, and it's all set within this post-apocalyptic uh, world and we'll have maybe a few characters with origin stories that happen before Superman comes and fucks everything up and kills everyone and destroys all the leaders of the worlds and that sort of thing um, but yeah I think it's basically people trading in mints, people trying to live and people trying to take down Superman and find out a way to to take him down um, trying to find the, the kryptonite as it were but there's just not any on us I guess so they need to work out a way to take him down and uh, that's and then rebuild with mints <laughs> that's the pitch for you today. Thank you. Goodbye. Love you. Kiss. <laughs> kiss, kiss. <laughs> I'll write to you. <laughs> Did I win? You pitched it 20 seconds ago. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to hear what you kept saying. You... And then you went, I love you. <laughs> love you, bye. Oh, fuck. Okay, there's a lot going on here. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to be real with you. First of all. Okay. I took my headphones um... out of there, shit. <laughs> was it that bad? Yeah. No, be accident. And that is my pitch. For you today. <laughs> Love you. Bye. Kiss, kiss. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm going to be real with you. The actual incorporate, in terms of incorporating everything you were given there, that was fucking brilliant. 
I didn't I, fail I, it this time. I yeah, I genuinely <laughs> forgot that you did Batman. So tying up with that was really good. It was that was really cool? I like that. Nice little callback. I liked that um, you. I'm going to get to my favorite part of it in a second, but I liked that you not only made oh it's mints. You could have left it at that. I just left it silly. But you actually gave fucking logistical reasons. As to I was why handling it and remembered it looks like gold bars, and I got really caught on that. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah. But it were it, it, in this silly kind of universe, it makes sense. I I thought you were gonna go oh it's Superman versus like Mike Myers or something, mm. but you went with uh, Superman. I think my favorite aspect of this is you said oh sometimes like Superman's done gritty and that's true. There mm. have been universes and and stories mm. before where Bat- uh, Superman is a bastard. I'm thinking of like Injustice. Yeah. I'd argue the Zack Snyder movies. Mm-hmm. But, but my favorite aspect of this is that he's not like a bastard for like any particular reason. Just <laughs> he's just swinging his dick around and killing people. <laughs> he just he was never good. He was just yeah. from the off oh, shed. Oh, Bellend. Complete twat. The shed. Yeah, complete, yeah, that's the word you use, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think, I think at the minute, my only issue is kind of is a slasher in that there's there's murders in it, but slasher i think it it, it 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 has connotations to it maybe high school or like you know that that kind of like teeny kind of uh aspect to it yeah i mm. think in order to fully make it a, a slasher i think you're gonna have to incorporate either something like that or tell me what creative kills you've got in mind from Superman. oh okay um well, he's got the, the laser eyes, isn't he? And a lot of the obvious yeah. things would just be like, oh, he could just, like, burn three people. That's obvious. I think, like, if you want to go for the sort of stupid, ridiculous, saw-like elements of how like the, how he's... Maybe he's getting bored and he's, like, trying to find more fun ways to kill people. Maybe he goes mm. to, like, one of those... Um, what are they called? Like, uh, Hall of Mirrors, where you have to try and get your way out. And he just, like, blasts a laser into there and closes the door and it's bouncing off of every surface until it kills him. <laughs> <laughs> He just leaves you in there. I'll come the... back later and see you, Edmunds. Yeah, and you have to survive, kind of like Saw. Like you have to see if, see if you'll make it out or not. And then you've learned, right. you've earned the right to live if I, you don't I'm die. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you, you added that because have you seen The Boys? No. Okay. Because you almost came close to oh, doing really? something that you're not seeing. You almost got there. Oh, I thought off. you were going to say, I thought you were going to say, no, no, you didn't do it. You didn't. But you, you. It sounded like you were going to go there because mm. I thought you were going to say, "Oh, he just zaps them with, and you know, uh, puts them, puts them in half or whatever." There's a mm. lot of that in in the boys. I thought you were going to mm. go there, but to add a fucking all of this. <laughs> well, it seems this, cartoonish this enough. Half nature. This half ass nature of like, oh, I'll do it. Zip. There you go. I'll leave you to it. I think he's got That's a board really of killing funny. people normally, and he's trying to fun, come up with fun, interesting ways to yeah to kill them. He's a bored immortal. He is a bored immortal. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, that makes sense. Give us another. Mm-hmm. Give us another creative kill, and then uh, I think we'll get to open floor then. I'm trying to remember what superpowers he's got. He's strong. He can fly. He's got laser he's eyes. He's got ice breath. He's got ice breath. That has he. Uh, yeah, frost breath or whatever it's called. That's what it is. Okay. I think he takes somebody to a, a volcano, an active volcano. And um, he makes them sort okay. of choose between whether or not to jump in the volcano or to freeze to death. <laughs> I don't think that's creative, really, is it? If he's bored, he's like, he's like, which one will you yeah. choose? Fire or I love, ice? I, I love 
how you you integrated a, a can't asked approach to both of them. Just like, do you fancy this or that? I just, uh, I'm not <laughs> he's testing the way, waters. Mate. He's bored. That's yeah. why he's such a horrible like like villain because he's not just killing people for the sake of it. He's trying to find horrible, torturous ways, and he's not even getting any satisfaction out of it. So he's getting more angry and worse, more manipulative I, and awful. I'm gonna I'm gonna headcanon it that he because he kind of goes back in time in the first Superman movie. He maybe he does that take someone to Vesuvius before it blows up. Did you <laughs> yeah. do this, or it can freeze you first? <laughs> oh okay. God. Let's open up the floor. Kit, Lizzie, uh, what do you have to add to this or ask about it? Um, I just like a comment off that I very much appreciate you bringing back uh, your David Mitchell Batman. Thank mm. you. In, in order to actually, in actually to like almost kind of encompass your own version of a cinematic universe. Yeah, the Haley Cinematic <laughs> <laughs> Well, in the in HCU, that case, yeah. Yeah. Who, <laughs> who's the playing Superman cinematic in universe? Yeah, yeah, good question. Who's uh, Lizzie said? Who's who's playing Superman in there? Matt Berry. Nice. <laughs> I keep reaching out. Yeah, I that's good. British, I keep getting British actors. That's very good. Very, very good. <laughs> I keep reaching into the dark and pulling out this UK comedy staple. I'm picture. Oh, I think it's because I've been watching what we do in the shadows recently, and he's in that, and he's got a very blasé approach to people dying mm. in that. That makes sense. And what I love about that as well is you said that much quicker than you said David Mitchell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you were about to fucking go. And my brain was just like empty <laughs> and that was what fell out. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, title, please. So far, I've been thinking about this since you, well, we were, I was vying time earlier with uh, Matt mm. Berry. And so far, all I've got is Superman. <laughs> That's as what? far as I got with Superman. I couldn't think of anything to put after that. I think that the issue is cold, <laughs> isn't that? No, it's just, it's just got a hyphen in between Super and Matt. What, what's the purpose of that? Just, That's to, it. Se- just to separate it from the other one. But you've got Batman in it. Like You've said this in. Well, actually, yeah. Will it, wait, why would there be a problem with it? Because if, if I'm working with DC, I've already got the rights to use Superman's name. Yeah. Just I didn't Superman. say a fake Superman. Just yeah, but you said, there'd be, you said there'd be problems with it. There would be problems calling it Superman because there's already a movie called Superman. And plus, <laughs> like, and plus, like, you know, this is a, a far cry from what the usual tone is. So you need something to make it. You're not, just, you're not calling it just Superman, <laughs> really. You need to accept that. Um, it can I start can't... with Superman. What? I know, I'm trying to think of anything that could follow it, and all all I'm looking at is the word Fox's Mints, and that's nothing! (laughs) (laughs) If you want to go with Superman Fox's Mints, be my guest! I can't! My brain won't! It's not coming out! I spent all the energy I have mentally on Matt Berry, I haven't got anything left in the tank! It's going to have to be Superman Fox's Mints! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Superman Fox's Mints. I've hurt my own head! (laughs) Oh god, I'm crying. I'm crying. Why does this keep happening when I get DC like characters? <laughs> you the one was great. The Dark Knight Yeast Rises. I, just... I know I can't. <laughs> oh god, I'm gonna <laughs> Absolutely no reference to killing everyone. <laughs> Two things you need to remember on this movie runs in it and this fun. <laughs> I mean, it's in the movie. It's just like the title. But also, 
I also love how it makes foxes into a verb. Superman foxes me. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna have an asthma attack for fuck's sake. <laughs> I'm literally getting the vapors. <laughs> Same. Oh, oh god. I fucking ascended. <laughs> oh no. I'm oh. looking down at myself like that heroin scene from Breaking Bad. <laughs> I was waiting to have my like good moment, and I thought, oh, okay, hopefully it'll be the last one, and I feel like it may have passed me by. <laughs> I think it was a brilliant pitch. I'm going to tell you right now, that was an excellent pitch. <laughs> and the fact that you completely fucked the title <laughs> makes it even Completely <laughs> unadulterated. Oh, God, I'm going to hype eventually. Oh, Just have hell. a minute. Stop okay, it, Joe. You're I'm going right. to have this fox's mint. You're killing <laughs> Kaylee. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take my inhaler. It, this is a creative a way to kill someone. Oh, God, yeah, that's true. Just make them come here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Everyone all right? So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How am I supposed to follow that? Uh, uh, that's... <laughs> I'm just going to take my inhaler. I will be back in a second. <laughs> okay. Take your time. Before, before I die, I'm back. I was going to say Batman and Slasher as well in this universe. Um... No, I think the Superman one probably just is, but the Batman one is a, more of a, like, mis- not a mystery, but like a, I don't know, I guess just like a true crime or like a crime-based thing, because that's what Batman does, isn't it, is fight crime, whereas like Superman's more of a, not a sci-fi, but obviously he's just got superpowers, whereas Batman's just a guy. So I think well, this one slasher. is a slasher. I mean, you're mm-hmm. going for like, it's like how the MCU is different genres, like Shang-Chi is mm-hmm. a, like a martial arts film. And yeah, like, yeah, um, I figured sci-fi. it would be. They all have their own thing. I don't really know what Batman the East Rises proper genre would go under. I'd, I'd say Did noir. Crime, yeah, yeah thriller, crime maybe. noir, like thriller. Yeah, maybe. What I like about Action, it is... I guess. Not really. <laughs> what, yeah, what I like about uh, the implication of this cinematic universe you're creating is... In fact, no, I'll get into it later. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, when, I'm, when I'm deliberating, I'll tell you what I think. Okay. Remind me yeah. if I forget, please. Okay. Hey, uh, I will sorry, also yeah, I will also mute myself to eat this mint now, so if I'm quiet, that's fine. Mm. Okay. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. Is, are, you, are you okay to start? No, I forfeit. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, go on. Uh, <laughs> okay, so remember this is creating a cinematic universe, mm-hmm. and your prompts are hospital setting, yep. a strong-willed scientist who nobody believes. And prehistoric times. Your pitch starts in three, two, one, go. Okay, so what I'm thinking is um, this will obviously be set in a hospital because that's what you've asked for. <clears throat> and what what I'm thinking maybe is that you'd have. Um, a, I'm sorry, I don't know the the nomenclature, but he's a scientist who deals mainly with sort of X-rays and that sort of thing. So we. Um, <laughs> You know, he's just a general. He's a he's a doctor in the hospital, but he also um, he's related to kind of bone science as well, and he's done a Ra- lot of radiologist. Studies. There you go. Thank you. He's a radiologist. <laughs> and he's, trying to interrupt though. Yeah. Um, and so he you know he contributes a lot to the field, and he loves his work, and you know people love him. He's very well liked, and although he's a bit. Um, 
he's a bit off the beaten track, if you know what I mean. He's not. He's sometimes not all there. I think he's generally amiable, but eh, sometimes you think, oh, that crotchety old radiologist, you know. But then one day, a patient comes in, and he, you know he's examining examining the patient as normal, but he's looking at his X-rays, and he kind of sees something that thinks resembles a bone that he once saw in a museum, like a like a sort of dinosaur bone. And he thinks, that's strange. He doesn't say anything to the patient, obviously, because he's a bit... He's sort of thinking, you know, I'm getting on in years. Am I just seeing things? So he takes it and inspects it. And wouldn't you know it, he, you know, he goes on the internet, he finds the image. It's exactly the same. He, he's got this sort of dinosaur bone kind of in, you know, just lodged in his leg. And obviously... <laughs> Well, evidently, <laughs> somehow they've never seen this, but he has seen it. And he, you know, he thinks this could be the dawning of a new age of sort of dinosaurs. But he tries to talk to other radiologists about him and they say, no, it's bollocks, mate. It's just a bone, you know. It's it's an average leg bone. You must have seen thousands of these in your career, and you know you're nearing retirement, so maybe your your eyes are just failing you. But he's really convinced, so he you know he takes this to um, takes this to a museum to to show, and yeah, lo and behold, it does it does match up, and the curator of the museum agrees. But what he's not prepared for is when suddenly one day in hospital the man sort of transforms into a dinosaur. A dinosaur. I'm thinking a little bit like an American werewolf in London where you have that horrible transformation scene where he just expands and gets bigger and bigger until he is a T-Rex and he's causing all kinds of chaos. And so this radiologist, this humble radiologist, one year away from retirement, must now figure out how... You know, well, how dinosaurs have found their way into the modern world. Your time's up. Oh, crap. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Lizzie. And just, just so you know, I'm not trying to bollock Aelia or anything, but I, I added some extra yeah, my bad. time. <laughs> uh, just because of that. Like, it, it was helpful, don't get me wrong, but it can just I just don't want people getting thrown off by stuff like that. Yeah, my bad. It was just force of habit. <laughs> I just knew that no, word. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't want to keep saying something helpful. scientist. It sounds a bit <laughs> strange. <laughs> yeah, bone, I bone doctor. <laughs> X-rayologist. Yes. <laughs> okay. So you incorporated everything quite well there. Uh, mm-hmm. I think... I think something that's maybe sticking... Um, a sticking point, if you will, is... Mm. Sorry, how did he get a dinosaur bone in his leg? Well, that's the thing. He's sort of... Um, he's like a dinosaur in a man's body. And that... It's sort of you think of it like, think of it kind of like alien, you know, where they they sort of infect the the patient's body and then just sort of burst out. It'd be that sort of thing. You made it sound like an identity crisis. <laughs> <laughs> like his genderous dinosaur. Or I really thought you were going down the route of like it was a form of evolution, but you went so differently with that. Oh. Yeah, I, I thought, like, I thought, did I miss something there? Because it sounded mm. like he just woke up and he just had a bone sticking out of his leg. <laughs> <sighs> no, okay. it's, sort of, it's sort of growing within him. 
Okay, because you said lodged. I think that's what confused me. <laughs> ah, sorry, my bad. Okay. But so, so what is like one leg bigger than the other then? Well, yeah, well, he yeah. comes in with like terrible leg pain one day, and you know, he's <laughs> the, the sort of. <laughs> Sorry. It's like Sorry. the process is. <laughs> I just imagine him going to the doctor and saying, I've got, big, got terrible leg pain. He's like, Yeah, he turned into a dinosaur, mate. <laughs> That's how it starts, you know. Yeah, just give it a In this universe. <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. So explain, yeah, he... so explain the process. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, so he, like I say, he has has this terrible leg pain because like the process is starting, but he doesn't really know it yet, and that okay. he's gradually sort of becoming a dinosaur. But yeah, everybody's puzzled until and and nobody believes the radiologist until it actually happens, and he's causing all kinds of chaos. And is he still himself within the dinosaur after transformation, or is it just full on T Rex rampage mode? No, he doesn't have any sort of human consciousness he is just the dinosaur okay so it's like like you said american werewolf yeah yeah i don't i'm somewhat debating whether that counts as prehistoric times because it was modern day but he had dinosaur bone i mean this is a cinematic universe which would have to involve maybe going back in time to discover the root cause of this and did dinosaurs well, yeah. actually die out or did they I just think... evolve over thousands of years I, th- I think that's the biggest thing is i didn't really see an opening for a cinematic universe there mm, yeah, yeah i can i can see your point if we were let's give you the benefit of the doubt here mm-hmm. if you were to go right this is open up a, a universe so they did let's go, let's go with marvel again they're the best example yeah. Uh, they went with Iron Man. And then way over here, we've got the Hulk. And then over there, we've got Thor and everything. So as this is happening, or <laughs> bef- just before or after whatever, what similar event is happening elsewhere that would make it into the next movie? Or maybe you could tease with this movie. Well, you'd have occurrences of this happening you know, elsewhere in the world. But um, I don't know. Maybe there'd be a sort of moral question about you know are the dinosaurs actually evil or are humans the problem hang on hang on hang on <laughs> at what point in history has anyone ever said the dinosaurs were evil when did that come into it <laughs> well in this well in this first installment obviously the the key goal would be stopping the dinosaur but it's like is the dinosaur really the problem or have I think we? So, yeah. Because well, we've built over their world in a sense. No, we've not. Because they died out, like through through means that we didn't terraform. Like we didn't kick them out. Well, we don't know that. No, <laughs> oh, you fucking dare! <laughs> they shit of yours. Is that not the? Is that was that not the premise though? Is that like you were discovering that dinosaurs didn't die out? Didn't you say that? Yeah, exactly. And so that's why, you know, we have oh, is to, that what well, someone it doesn't have to be the same radiologist. Someone has to go back in time to figure out what really happened with the dinosaurs. Did they all die out or has it just been a sort of very, very gradual evolution and now they're you know, this is so, their next form. Mm. Hang on. Okay, but <laughs> within this logic, what you're saying is is that they gradually evolved into humans. 
mm. and then instantly decided, right, we're going back to be dinosaurs now. They laid dormant inside people. They what did kind of win, evolution you? is that? I mean, wouldn't that, you? That's, that's not yeah. the question we're asking, Kit. <laughs> yeah, but the, 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 the of biggest question. I would. Of course I would. But that's not what we're asking. Return to dinosaur. Mm. What point in history has a fucking like shark just gone? Nah, I'm gonna be a megalodon now. <laughs> Again, okay. you don't know that. Yeah. But what I'm, what I'm kind of hinting at is that. <laughs> Um, yeah, go on. It's not that they've evolved to become humans; it's that they've evolved to kind of hide their true form. For what purpose? <laughs> if it's just them to, to survive in the world, because they don't want to get killed out again, do they? So they did get killed out. <laughs> <laughs> the the phrase no. "killed out." Sorry, it's just killed <laughs> out. very funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got murdered the fuck up, yeah. Um, but what? This is what I mean. I'm trying to look at it within the logic of the universe you've created. But even within that logic, you've gone. Well, we need to find out if they actually died out or not. Well, why would they have done? Because they're hiding themselves. Why? Because they died out. <laughs> no, right? They nearly died out. Right. There was a chance that they were going to die out, but they didn't quite. Some survived. So they turned into humans? They didn't turn into humans as such. They just, you know, concealed their real form. So they might have become, like, I don't know, fish or insects, but so they could conceal themselves within the ecosystem in order to survive. So did they do this alongside actual humans evolving and appearing? Well, surely dinosaurs came before humans, so... Right. This, this is where the prehistoric element comes in. Not, not what I asked. <laughs> but if you say surely, I panic so much. <laughs> it's the confidence that sells it. Yeah. But Lizzie, what I'm, I'm trying to help you here. <laughs> I swear I'm actually trying to... What I'm asking is... So within the their logic of we need to hide... Yeah. So I, I, I'm guessing they, they go, well, look, the world's changing after that big meteor got us in the arse. <laughs> so we need to make some changes around here. And then they like looked at they're like Transformers. They looked at humans and went, why don't some of us turn into them, but be well, slow about it? Well, you make it sound like they had a meeting or something. No, they've just observed the world around them. And like you think like chameleons, where they just sort turn of... into humans. No. You know silence. what I mean? Said it all there, listen. I that was a moment of silence where I was sort of judging you with my eyes. Okay. You can't see it because this is a podcast. No, no, and I'm glad I can't because I feel like that would have cut through me. <laughs> see it. Look, you're asking all these questions about the logic, you're not asking me about the 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 film. Okay. Alright, alright, that's fine. So this bloke, let's call him radiologist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned that he was a bit—he uh, was known as a bit crotchety, a bit of a stick in the mud, maybe. Yeah. Okay. What's what's like the purpose of that character flaw? That character flaw, like, does the being dino- a dinosaur cheer him up? No, I'm talking about the radiologist here, who 
Yeah. You, you know, one of your requirements was a strong-willed scientist who nobody believes. Okay, that's fine. But you yeah. mentioned you brought you brought up that he's crotchety. Yeah, exactly. Because he he has all these sort of wild ideas, and he's I okay yeah, he, okay. I, I think I know what you mean. I think it's mainly because I had like Christopher Lloyd in mind. Ah, oh, good cast. Yeah, good he's very good. He's basically a velociraptor already. Yeah, fair do. Yeah, well, yeah, and you know how be... I feel about Christopher Lloyd, so I'm well, that's more it. on board with this. Yeah, great. Anything uh, to add from anyone else or ask? I had a question. Um, okay. Obviously, you're saying that the, the T-Rex is this one, and if it's a cinematic like universe, we've got this sort of happening in other parts of the world. What other main players would you have as like the main on the poster character for each dinosaur? Like for the main, like if you're doing like an Avengers style set of, you've got this here, yeah, this here, this one. That that ties into what I asked because you didn't actually answer it. I asked like, what else is going on? Like, what other characters or heroes or whatever would there be? Well, I guess, obviously, Christopher Lloyd would be the main protagonist of this one, and yes. he's trying to get to the bottom of the problem mm. in his general region. Mm-hmm. But there could be other cases of this, you know, all over the world. So you could go to, like, Asia and Africa and Europe, and you'd have all these different instances. So, So you could have... Let's say there's there's someone in in Europe who's run into the same problem. That could be okay. Hmm. What do they turn into? Well, they don't turn into anything. They're just examining the problem. Um, because you have these occurrences, they're quite rare still. But yeah, they're they're trying to. Trying to know which dinosaurs you'd use for the other ones. This is what we're at. Oh, yeah, wait, what which we're dinosaurs? In the Marvel oh. universe, they go right. There's a superhero there. There's a superhero over there. They've all got their own stories. Hmm. You made you built this up as though it was going to be. Well, this radiologist becomes a T Rex. So that's no. Their the movie. radiologist doesn't become the T Rex. Who does? The radiologist is the the guy who nobody believes. Um, someone else becomes. Okay. Oh, he studies right. him because of a... bones. Yeah, it's a patient that comes in with like a okay. sore, swollen leg. I'm not the only one who thought that, right? I mean, at first I, I only assumed it was a different page, like he was scanning somebody else's bones. Right, okay. I must have missed something there, then fine. Um, yeah, you did. How dare you? I can't believe how charitable I'm being to this idea and he's still shitting on us. <laughs> So what you're doing? So you're not creating a, a cinematic universe of people who turn into dinosaurs and their stories. You're turning into a, a, a cinematic universe of people who saw it happen. Well, people who understand—well, not understand, but people who are aware of of dinosaurs. Okay. <laughs> Where am I going with this? this is like making a cinematic universe out of just Pepper Potts. Just you know what I mean? Like the, the fucking. Uh, the, what a waiter from a senior paleontologist's like cinematic universe. Yeah, 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 exactly. I can't believe this. I can't believe your urge to subvert everything is so strong that you gave up the idea of hero dinosaur universe and went with no, it's just the people who saw them turn into dinosaurs. They're not necessarily hero dinosaurs, though, they're kind of ambiguous. That's fine. You can, that's fine. You can have that. But how are they? Still, they're, they're not actors. They don't communicate via like speech. So, sorry. Like, <laughs> think of another dinosaur. Think of another who's dinosaur that, film. Are they that, named characters? 
Who? Okay. You just said they're not actors. <laughs> How are you planning on portraying these dinosaurs, Lizzie? Well, less CGI, obviously. Okay. Because they're dinosaurs. So, what, but the way you said they're not actors, like, you made it sound like you're just going to get some fucking dinosaurs from down no, the road. No, you're obviously going to use special effects because it's not 90. Okay, but heroes should be special effects. Any character could be special effects. But I'm not going to have, like, I don't know, Benedict Cumberbatch and turn him into a dinosaur. I'm not, like, he's a centaur or something. I'm not going to do that. Because it doesn't make any sense. But what? (laughs) Don't don't use that as a reason. Nothing about this makes sense. (laughs) I'm so lost. I'm I, still, so I just want to know which dinosaurs would be in the other movies. That's all we were asking. Is there someone who turns into a fucking tr- guy ceratops? I'm asking you to list three okay. dinosaurs. Okay. <laughs> right, fine. Uh, I don't know. Brontosaurus, Triceratops, Pterodactyl. How do you love them? Yep. <laughs> okay. That's all the dinosaurs. That's all I needed. Okay. Uh, uh, Kit, do you have anything to. Uh, ask or ask? Just a wild ride. <laughs> okay. Just a wild okay. ride. And you you all answered the kind of questions I already had, to be fair. Lizzie, do you have a title, please? Dinosaurus. <laughs> Don't fucking Dinosaurus. <laughs> Is that what you said? Or dinosaurus? I said dinosaurus. Dinosaurus. Okay. <laughs> yes. I've generally got a headache. That's my new strategy. What to give him a headache? Yeah, win by breaking. Give everybody me into submission. Just hurt Joe. Just hurt Joe. That's what we should name this podcast. Just do as much damage to them as you can. Oh fucking hell! The Joe American Jurens podcast. Actually, you know what? Um. Don't release this episode. <laughs> oh, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, Kit, you've got some fucking bangers to follow up there. I hope you're ready. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh, God. Dinosaurs. Bingo. Dino DNA. Are you ready, Kit? Yes. So this is for a movie to create a new cinematic universe. Your prompts are... Las Vegas, yes. Greek mythology, and Anton Deck. Yep, indeed I do. I like how you're starting to sound like Poochie. Yes, yeah, I certainly do. <laughs> okay, your pitch starts in three, two, one, go. Well, I'm here today to pitch you a movie. Uh, not only just a movie. A concept, an idea, an idea of a Las Vegas casino cinematic universe. The Las Vegas casino cinematic universe will start with the uh, Caesar's Palace uh, film. All of these films will start off an original concept uh, with an initial concept, and every single one of them will happen in a similar, similar way. Where it will start off with two people, with some people going into the hotel, uh, and then through a series of 
more or less magical and unex and not unexplained, but just through a series of kind of magical elements, the hotel itself turns into kind of a real manifestation of what the hotel is. So, where do we start with this? Well, of course, we start with Caesar's Palace. Caesar's Palace. The movie. Shall be... Um, what's happened is... Ant and Dec, the character, the, the actual people, have been sent on... Uh, sent to... As kind of almost like a warm-up act uh, for a Las Vegas show that will be taking place inside Caesar's Palace. Um, this will be determined based on uh, which uh, musical act we can get to borrow or which comedy act we can get to borrow. It depends, obviously, on contracts within there. But we at least have, at this point, we have Ant and Dick. Ant and Dick go to the hotel and at first they're all very wowed by the fact that they're getting here um, and then suddenly are hit with the realisation of that they don't have any material that really works over here in the US. Everything that they have is really UK based. It's a, it's a real difficulty. So they're walking around the hotel for inspiration and just trying to think of something. And eventually they get tired and they get hungry and they go over to the buffet. And over at the buffet, Ant eats. It really, it goes over to the buffet and there is this glowing gyro. And he takes it up because he's intrigued by it and interested in it. But in picking up this, uh, in picking this up, uh, they are transported to the world of ancient Greece. And meet such wonderful, we meet all sorts of philosophers like Plato, they meet Caesar, they meet all these people. Uh, they're obviously, these were all people that were at Time's different up. times and periods, but you know what? They meet all Time's these up. people. Ah, bollocks. Fine. <laughs> they meet people and things happen, and then we do a hey, circus, hey, circus no. one later on. I'll cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Kate, thank you. I, uh, <laughs> can you just say buffet Reminding for me again, please? Buffet. <laughs> buffet. Buffet. You started saying buffet. Definitely. <laughs> 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 I really liked it. I just. Oh. I I enjoyed it. I'm not taking a piss. I no, I really that. really liked it. <laughs> And then they go to the buffet. <laughs> the buffet! Of course they go to the buffet, Joe! Fucking hell. It's the my, buffet! My, my Dundonian really like friend it. is going to bollock me if she hears this. Oh, oh God. <laughs> yeah, go to the buffet <laughs> and their housecoat. Fucking oh, oh, hell. hell. Right, um, Kit, genuinely, uh, uh, thank you uh, for the pitch. I love how it's probably... You know, a byproduct of the fact that you, you're probably the most, like even before the actual recordings, you're probably the most consistent uh, contestant on this. We, I love the, your growing confidence with each pitch. That one was particularly <laughs> confident. I think you just got, again, a little lost in some of the details. Um, yeah. Hence why you, you're running out of uh, time there, there at the end. But uh, I liked, uh, obviously, you incorporate, I mean, as soon as I saw, when I did the randomizer thing, and Greek mythology and Vegas came up. I was like, okay, well, I know where that's probably going to go. But I liked how you, tr you were, I could tell you were trying to incorporate both. 
as well as yeah. the, the predictable one, you're also going to have the actual parallel of yeah. actual Greek mythology. That's fine. I mean, you did say philosophers, which weren't mythology. Oh, but also you said philosophers, Plato and Caesar. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, I went Greek history rather than Greek mythology. Yeah, I should have went her. You got yeah, one, you one you philosopher. <laughs> And then you forgot any so other I don't know. Oh, fuck you, no, I was saying that would be as far as I would get as well. So <laughs> I don't know why I forgot Socrates. My fucking brain fell apart. <laughs> what was it? Plato and and Caesar. <laughs> I like. Okay, if you could save that by going like that's what Anton Deck called Socrates because they don't know their history. Yeah, yeah true. true. Also, mythology would imply that I thought you were going to have a meet Zeus. Or like Apollo or the Minotaur, <laughs> and you wouldn't know they met real ass people. Yeah, I completely forgot it was mythology. To be fair, so <laughs> like... yeah, I, I would say that's a nitpick. Fair dues. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think Caesar is a nitpick. I think that's quite a glaring flaw. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good flaw. Did you also meet Hitler and fucking Franz Ferdinand? No, because they wouldn't be there. Because this is no. this is Greek history, not yeah. That, yeah, either, that might happen the, I don't know the, the New York the, New York casino or the Hooters casino. York. I don't know. <laughs> Hooters Casino? <laughs> yes, Hitler that exists. The, Hitler is at the Hooters Casino. <laughs> 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 yeah, lo- loves him some movies. The MGM Grand. The Hitler would beat the MGM Grand because he actually did like movies. <laughs> this has oh, gone to such an insane place. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm not there joking. Is... Every round and every pitch within has gotten more insane. <laughs> oh god. Well, so, you Kit, you said yourself there'd be a circus circus one. Who would be at that? Oh, the circus yeah, circus on. one. Um, give up the game altogether and talk about this bullshit. <laughs> no, the cir- well, the circus circus uh, one would would have to go for someone that's either known as a clown or someone that's clown-ish. Um, so I don't know, like a Rowan Atkinson at Circus Circus. Fucking hit. <laughs> How the fuck is Rowan Atkinson among names like Hitler, Ferdinand, and fucking Caesar? And Deck, apparently. Well, no, he, <laughs> you are the one who brought up Hitler. To be fair, okay, I wouldn't fine, have gone down that road. Wait, are you saying up historical I... figures? Wait, are you saying that According Rowan her, Atkinson is who you summon when you go there, and not the person going there? I thought this was like the, no, he would be the person. Part. Yeah, he would be the person going. The that right. like would be the would be the Caesar's Palace one. The Circus Circus would be Rowan Rowan Atkinson. No, but that, um, that's the question. Who, who would be the historical as a historical figure? Yeah, he's not an historical figure. He's still. I'm alive. not talking about historical figures. We were literally just talking about who would start in the Circus Circus one because this <laughs> is the Las Vegas strip. Uh, casino slash hotel universe. Lizard, when you said who would go there, did you mean which historical figure? Because you started that with, oh, Kit, you said Hitler would go to the other one. So who would go? So you were clearly referring to historical figures, right? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Kit. I meant who would. Um, oh, who would I, be thought, I thought we were talking about who started it. Fucking Rowan Atkinson! He's in all the history books. Well, yeah. you just actually can't just pull you up on that. You justified that by saying it would have to be a, a clown-like figure, like Rowan <laughs> Atkinson. So does that mean, uh, like Anton Decker, like Greek mythology figures? 
I'll breathe. <laughs> no comment on that one. Yes. With the right questions. <sighs> yes. The real history buffs. Like, so yeah, like Zeus, Apollo, and, and Dick. <laughs> okay, let's get back on track. So, Kit, they're invited to the Caesar's Palace, and they're going to do a show, like a stand-up, is it? Yeah, or... they're doing like a warm-up act for another act that does like a... Oh, warm-up act. Yeah, like they're a warm-up act for another, like, last Vegas show. Okay. But you said, and I like this, I like the, the it's a clever little bit of um, like conflict, but they just don't have American uh, suited material. I think that would actually be the case, to be fair. You know, they'd be going on about Newcastle and they'd be all like, what? Or whatever. But after that, I kind of lost the, <laughs> lost the plot a little bit. So why did they end up in Greek times to begin with? It was the shiny magical euro that they found at the buffet. Okay. Yep. Why, why yeah, the buffet. Yeah, of course, the buffet. <laughs> the buffet they went to. <laughs> the Jimmy. The Jimmy buffet. I'm going over to the Jimmy to watch Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> this has devolved so much. I don't even know where I'm up to. I, want- I don't know, Grace. <laughs> I feel like that's the answer to a lot of this. Any questions? <laughs> All right. I get, you know, I'm going to have to accept that because I, I, I'm too flummoxed. See the title. Fuck. Okay. Okay, he's gonna call it title. Boss, that makes sense. Okay, title. Okay, title. <laughs> title. Okay. My title's so hard. Come on, get. Yeah, we go. Deck in the great Greek caper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't fucking titles. know at this point. You're good at titles. I like that. Yeah. <sighs> Fraser Crane, super crew, groovy cartoon movie. The great Greek caper starring out in deck. I don't know. Do you know what that is? You know what that is probably something they would call it. So I'm letting that pass. Yeah, that or like Anton Deck Saturday Night Greek Away. Oh, <laughs> What's the cinematic Ooh, universe potential with this? So the cinematic universe what, what? potential of this, I've said, it's the Las Vegas Hotel cinematic universe. Yeah. So not like so, different mythologies, just different... Different hotels. hotels. So it'll be, well, Caesar's Palace, you've got New York, New York, as we mentioned, Circus Circus. Hooters. Mm-hmm. Hooters. Flamingo. Uh, the MGM Grand. Like, we've got uh, Tropicana. Like, there's a whole bunch of different... And well, it's one of the few places that still has a planet Hollywood. So eventually, we could do like the big crossover event one, where we basically just reference all the movies, particularly the movies of Arnold and Bruce Willis, and who else invested in Planet Hollywood? Uh, Sylvester Stallone, I think. Stallone, yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay. Oh god, I'm fucking cleaned out. Let's have a look at this. I like that, again, uh, you're very... There's a lot of words I can use. I'm trying not to use the word stubborn. But you're very particular, Kit, about making stuff be subversive. Sometimes to your detriment. I don't think this is particularly to your detriment, necessarily. I like that you didn't just go with different mythologies. You went with hotels. I feel like that might be a little niche. For a global market, 
But I think you could possibly get something out of, I mean, maybe at least three. And I guess that constitutes a, a universe. So I'll let that one hang. Haley, I was going to say before about yours. Um, mm. I love that the implication is that you went from a mis- so presumably in, in, in order, the first movie mm. will be a standalone Batman movie where he, you know, goes after the Bakers, listen to episode mm-hmm. two, uh, in order to get that reference. And then the very next movie, an apocalypse has happened since then. Mm-hmm. Superman is murdering everyone, and all the other heroes have to come together to defeat him. I feel like that's a big jump. That's like going from <laughs> oh, uh, Iron no, Man the, to Infinity uh... War. The heroes don't all have to stop him in this movie. That's how the future movies play out. That's how you introduce each character. And then, like, the, I guess, like, the Infinity War would be all of them trying to take down Superman. I don't know if I wasn't very clear with that one. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I still think going... Since the last movie, the world ended. Yeah. <laughs> in the second movie, I still think that's quite a big leap. Um, <laughs> that might lose a, a few people at first. But that's not to say it wouldn't be a fucking entertaining movie the way you described it. <laughs> Lizzie. It's okay. Lizzie. You can skip me. It's fine. Go on. <laughs> I, I can what? You can skip mine if you want. I don't mind. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Lizzie, Lizzie, Lizzie. I, I love that this game has now had two completely different pitches for completely different media to a completely different people mm-hmm. where you both squandered dinosaurs. <laughs> you both went dinosaurs <laughs> as... Put them in the background. I, that's insane to me. I, I, I thought skipping a talking dinosaur for a podcast was weird. I've got to say, introducing a cinematic universe where it doesn't focus on the fucking dinosaurs that are appearing all over, over the world, that <laughs> takes several kicks. I and I like I like the leading. I like the idea of like you know uh, the radiologist maybe finding a new form of evolution. It's just everything mm. around that was pure, just unhinged, chaotic, <laughs> weird shit. I mean, I've 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 learned not to continue the pitch in the um, you know the post mortem because it just digs a hole deeper. So I'll just say, yeah. I agree. I agree. No. Okay, well, I'm glad you agree. Oh, boy, this is hard. This I is do very like hard. that this is now two in which sort of essentially body swapping or like brain swapping has happened <laughs> because you had the dogs swapping with humans mm. and this time you have humans just turning into dinosaurs. And when when Joe asked if they have their human brain, you were just like, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so they, no human it's faculty. A similar, it's similar to how the dogs in the previous episode were dogs in human bodies, but with dog brains still, they just couldn't speak. They were still just dogs. Yeah, allow me to quote that episode where I asked her, um, can the dogs talk? And she said, yes, through barks. And I yeah. said, so they can't talk. <laughs> there have been, I'm not making, I'm not doing a bit. I'm not like trying to, you know, up my reaction and everything. There's so many times where my head's gone to fucking mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> But to think the first round had a very good actual pitch for a game. <laughs> down the fell down the stairs since that one. Um, okay, I got I got to deliberate this. Okay, 
I'm going to give third place to. I'm going to give it to Kit because mm-hmm. you ran out of time, so we didn't get a whole lot of. I'm not dubbing in booze again. <laughs> we didn't get a whole lot of the story, mm-hmm. and a lot of it had to be said afterwards, which. You know, I've allowed for this one, but uh, you know, we're not, not always going to be able to to do that. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Shut, up. <laughs> Shut your goddamn mouth! <sighs> and so it's between I... Lizzie and Haley. Fucking hell! I I know I've, I've probably sounded a bit harsh, Lizzie. Yours isn't like that bad. You know what I mean? Like you hooked us. You had us go in there. And you did try to put some thought into it. It completely unraveled after a few questions. <laughs> but you tried. As ever. Uh, yeah, def- yeah, absolutely. I cannot call you half half For any of you, really. Um, you didn't play it safe this time. <laughs> you can't make that no. argument. No. That's very true. Very, very true. <laughs> Fuck, this is hard. I'm going to give the first place to Haley Because... <laughs> You not only tied it back to your old pitch, <laughs> by pure chance, yeah. you incorporated everything very neatly. And I think what cinched it for me was two things. One, the creative deaths are legitimately fucking brilliant scenes. <laughs> I would love to see that. The half-assed nature with which he fucking kills people is so funny. It's so darkly funny. Legitimately, I would say that. And the other thing is, is the fact that it's called Superman. <laughs> I already forgot. That's what I called it. <laughs> oh no! You just did, which is, which is just like calling like if 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 Lizzie <laughs> called hers dinosaurs, strong world scientists who no one believes. Or just like oh. two thirds of my pitch. <laughs> oh fuck! So yeah, I'm giving you the points for that. Thanks. Um, you're welcome. And that is your lot. Apologies for the abrupt ending there. As I said at the top, it wasn't really a, it wasn't really meant to be an episode that was released, so I wasn't doing the formalities such as outros. So I'll do this instead. That's fine. Thank you again uh, for listening. Uh, it's been a wild ride so far. Like obviously, this is a very new podcast. And yet we're getting some really, really solid and positive feedback from people who I personally and professionally respect and admire. So that's, that's mind-blowing, to say the least. Uh, I want to thank Haley uh, for being on the show. You can find her artworks on at amalgam underscore Asian on Instagram. That is at A-M-A-L-G-A-N underscore A-T-I-O-M. Very talented. I've commissioned her work before very particularly good at uh, dark darker works of art which you can probably work out just from her contributions to the show there's lizzie as well thank you for being on the show you can find her on the longest night which is a podcast where a veteran fan by the name of rob takes lizzie through the weird and wonderful world of game of thrones and basically introduces her to uh, one episode at a time very good show they're up to season six now and of course there's kit as well thank you very much kit for being on the show she is available on twitter at for kit's sake 
by the same handle. She's also uh, on Twitch, usually streams on Sunday. She tends to do sort of cuter games like Stardew Valley, Kirby, and she's extremely good at Outrun as well, if that's your thing. I'm there every week. I think you should be as well. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Del Toro. I'm usually talking about giant monsters, wrestling, and other bollocks, to be honest. And yeah, just uh, in in general, I just want everyone to know that uh, if you're enjoying this show, then I'm enjoying this show. I'm having a blast uh, running it and editing it, and it's just been a lot of fun. So thank you very much for listening and, and being part of that fun. And further thank you to Reese Lawrence for providing the theme music which you're currently listening to. Extremely talented musician, I'm sure you agree. You can find his other works on reeselawrence.net, as I said at the top of the show. Reese, thank you very much for providing this music for the show. It's very, very generous and greatly appreciated. Everyone, thank you once again and you have a good one. Also, the bit when you mentioned like um, you get to you never get to see what the art looks like reminds me of the thing about like um, <clears throat> farmers that farm cocoa beans don't know what chocolate is. Like a lot of them have never eaten chocolate. Yeah, not, definitely. Not, yeah, it gave me that vibes. And um, also, the entire time this has been going on, I've been drawing a long Furby. <laughs>